Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I am Katie Nordman. And I am still Chris Jeffa. You haven't changed? <laughs> I haven't changed. You haven't changed a bit in uh, a week and two days. Yeah, I feel like a different Christina. Do you? Yeah, over the last like, couple of weeks I've just been... Shedding your skin? Just like drained to the point of like not doing a lot of creativity Meh. and feeling just like overtaxed and sad. Gross. And uh, so yeah, but then I got to have a restorative week, so I'm pretty fucking into it. Feel how, it. How are you? Oh, I am great. I'm sweating my boobs off right mm-hmm. now, but that's that's fine. We're in full on summer for real. Hardcore summer. Like it, it's hotter than it was on that day that we had to strap the ice packs to us. Which why don't. We do that. I totally forgot to do it. I think yeah. it, I don't think it is as hot as that day because that okay. was like really painfully hot. And this time I'm just like moderately painfully hot. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I kind of wish I had one of those, but I'm also just sort of like, you know what? I don't even deserve to be comfortable. So I'm just kidding. Oh That's God. not how I feel at all. It's I like, really, I want you to just always, as your character, is just play up the martyr thing like huge. Oh, it's fine. Well, that was what we were doing when we were setting up to record today. I was like throwing the baffles in the window and I was like, do you want me to sit so in case they fall out that they'll hit me instead of you? <laughs> Because my theory was like, I got a really fucking fat head, and I'm tall, and so it would be less velocity once it's struck. So I'm like, it'll do less damage if it hits me, and not you. You're like, don't throw yourself under the bus for me, Katie. Yeah, everyone deserves a friend as good as Katie, but like, you gotta fucking... <laughs> no, a lot of people don't deserve a friend as good as oh, me. Oh, no, that's true. Okay, that's the opposite, Everyone maybe. should have a friend like me. Yes, but like... But you ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> you have. You've had me for a long time. Yeah, and it's really good. Lucky fucking me. <laughs> Lucky you, lucky me. Uh, so we don't have a guest today. No guest at all. And so if it gets really hot, then the tops are for sure coming off. Just like straight up topless. I'm already wearing a crop top, just in life. Um, just in life. Pretty good. As one does. I got, uh, Forever 21 had like a bajillion sales. I love that they do plus size crop tops. They're like, come on, fatty, wear it up. This and then even, it's like, This isn't great. even plus size. Is it not? No, oh, it's just a large. You just got some pretty big titties. So. I do. Yeah. I don't know what that's <laughs> like. My breasts are small and humble, so you won't confuse them with mountains. <laughs> Oh, Shakira. <laughs> oh, boy. Shakira, Shakira. Yeah, so, no, I'm great. Um, I've been in a good mood for the last few weeks, which has been awesome, apart from just melting have you been? Have you been sleeping? Please update us. Oh, update you. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like, here is where I just, again, out myself as a pothead, uh, but I've been taking this stuff called Phoenix Tears, which is, like, this sounds so silly, because it's used for people who have, like, AIDS or cancer, <laughs> who are, like, dealing with, like, super side effects from their treatments. It's supposed to be something that, like, just really levels out your stomach and puts you to bed. And so I've been using this stuff. Did I say what it was called already? Phoenix, Phoenix Tears? Tears? Phoenix yeah. Tears. So it's like... Um, Very Harry Potter. Totally. But it's I think it's called RHO or something. I don't exactly know what they use to... It's the extract. Whatever the chemical they use to like extract. Whatever it is that they pull from the marijuana. Very scientific. Very scientific. Well, it comes in like a syringe. So I feel like a mad scientist when I'm applying it. What, what you do is I take it and I put it on... A, this is... Uh, I got it from my friend who lives in Portland who is literally... She works in weed. Was like, here's what you do is you put it on a starburst and you make a sandwich with another starburst because the stuff will stick to your teeth otherwise. So if you if you use this chewy candy, it like stops it from sticking. Holy and then fuck. you swallow it and then about 45 minutes later you start feeling really good. And just like great with everything going on in the world. And then uh, another half hour after that you go to sleep. 
I'm really happy for you. Yeah, it's been fucking awesome. You've honestly, some like good medicine. Yeah, for the last couple of weeks, I think that the worst night I had was I was only up for like uh, maybe an hour and a half, which for me is like way less than my average on an average night. Mm-hmm. So normally it's like two to three hours. So it was like one kind of tossy turny night, and the rest of it's been like seven to eight hours a night, which is not like me at all. No, congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Really no wonder to, you've been in such a good mood the last little while. I've slept. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing it's what I'm like capable it of. It makes a difference. It's almost as if we need it to restore ourselves. As that human was one beings. of the biggest things working at the homeless shelter that I worked at. Because you were working shift work. I was working shift work, but I was working at night. Um, and then people would come into the shelter, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, this person is going to be really hard to deal with. They're just like bouncing off the walls. They're so chaotic." Yeah. And it's like they've been using crystal meth or crack for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really got to learn that like those drugs were a big coping me- mechanism for people that didn't feel safe. Because oh. they're like, I don't feel safe enough to sleep. I'm going to stay awake. Because huh. if I'm sleeping outside, I want to just be awake. Wow. Right? So I it's never like would have thought of that. It's a total safety thing. I just, I need that's to. Amazing. So like normally, you know, a person would be a heroin user, but they would only use that when they feel like they could. Take a nap. Take a nap, but then it's like I'm just gonna use rock because that'll just keep me like awake and I won't Wow I won't get victimized, like I won't huh. get attacked or whatever. God. This got deep really fast, but Super I don't care. Fast. But that's one thing that I talk about in the workshops that I talk about, harm reduction, coping mechanisms. It's just so shocking to me to understand like to realize how few people understand drugs as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's just like I think people really perceive it as something that people just do to um because they're deviant or something. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm bad, so I'm going to do this drug. I'm going to yeah. be a drug doer. Yeah. And it's like, people are not going to do that just for shits and giggles. Like, yeah. there is a reason behind it. Yeah, like, crack is not good. Like, it doesn't feel good, apparently. I don't know. I, I've secondhand smoked crack <laughs> a lot. <laughs> as one does in those uh, situations. At, at the homeless shelter, people would smoke it near me, and then I would just clean a lot of things <laughs> oh my god long time. your baseboards look great that's happened to me before i like whatever i'm telling 15 stories at once i need to be like rachel and just like start taking notes and like go back but um i walked into the homeless shelter at seven in the morning to do my cleaning shift sure someone exhaled fresh rock like right into my face and I just got the f- huge thing of smoke, and I choked and coughed, and I felt really yucky mm-hmm. for, like, 15 minutes. And then about half an hour went by, and then suddenly I was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, I'm cleaning, I'm doing all this stuff. And then and then I just crashed, and I felt so bad, Yikes. and, like, slept on a mattress, like, in the homeless shelter to, well, like, that'll tell it you. off. That'll tell but you it what... didn't last for very long, and I felt really productive and really alert and awake. But then you just feel like garbage after, so then I guess if I smoked more, I would feel better again. God, Right? Which is that horribleness. But so, like, especially women that, like, don't feel safe sleeping at night, like, out on the street... Yeah. ...will smoke rock just so that you can stay up all night, or, like, if you're working or if you're, like, doing whatever at night, you know, you want to be awake. Yeah. Just because it's a safety thing. And so then, in the homeless shelter, like we would try our best to make a really safe environment for people to be like, Hey, you're welcome. You can share a room with people with like a curtain that draws or, and like we would offer this to people a lot. If you don't feel good being in a room, like we also have this big open space or you can just put a mattress in the hallway and we'll keep the lights on and we have staff that are here and we've got cameras and they actually did eventually make like a women's only section so that it could be a little more safe. A little more safe, but then also there's, like, if people had partners, like, male partners, then they'd want to sleep together, yeah, etc. But 
once people got one good night's sleep, someone that was so hard to deal with at night and you'd be just like, go to bed or like stop disturbing everybody else. And once they finally crashed out and then in the morning, they'd be like, hello, good morning. How are you? Hello. You're just like, holy shit. You're a totally different person. All you needed to do is just get a good night's sleep and you just needed to feel safe. And it's that was so like one hard. of the best things about my job was just like... I just want you to do what you need to feel safe. Do what you need to just a little call back to uh, previous past guests. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet Calvin. Anyway, that made me just very sentimental for a second. Ah, well, I mean, you had some good experiences at that job. I sure did. A lot of learning. I met a lot of really amazing people. Yeah, no doubt. That was the best part. I've always really liked your stories about working in the shelters and stuff, because mm-hmm. they always seem like... It always give me a fresh perspective, and it's like, I, I've never really, I never, until like five, six years ago, I never thought about, like, why do people do drugs? Like, mm-hmm. why do they? Like, I've been a, a pot smoker for, uh, like, most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I do it, and I, it's a coping mechanism, yeah. right? Like, I'm a very anxious person, and it helps me manage my anxiety. It yep. certainly helps me deal with my insomnia, which is, uh, like, a comorbid thing with mm-hmm. my with my anxiety. Um, so it's very helpful for that. Um, and I realize, like, I look back at my own family and realize that there's a lot of alcoholism in my family, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we're not alcoholics, per se. We are are depressive, anxious people who don't like to burden other folks. So it's like, we well, just internalize what's it. my medicine? Yeah. I chose a medicine that doesn't make me feel fucked up the next day, at least. So that's been good for and me. And it's not super hard on your body. And it's not usually yeah. cut with bad things. Generally so speaking. Well, it's like semi-legal now, so yeah. I feel a lot safer about that. But alcohol... Legalize all drugs. Legalize harm reduction. I just, I just jumped right into that. I was we talking, have strong feelings about this. I was talking to someone about this the other day. And just how, like, heroin and cocaine, like, these are drugs that are the same as neurotransmitters that we have in our own brains. Mm -hmm. So, like, endorphins, that's basically what heroin is. And we have the receptors. We also have cannabinoid receptors in our brain. So that means our body produces something like THC. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you smoke that substance, it just, your brain doesn't have to produce it itself. So, A, how do we tap into our own... Like cannabinoid producer, yeah, potential of being able to do so. That's why, like, exercise and sex, meditation, yeah, like that's Blah. apparently, but it's easier to just ingest a, a substance because yeah, then you totally. can get it when you need it and mm-hmm. you don't have to work for it yeah, as totally. much. And totally. maybe, maybe you don't have the cap- like the capacity to work for it. It's not the worst thing to just find some good anyway. I could look it up online right now and I might just make a note of it to see if I can find it later, mm-hmm. but the um. I was reading something about how, I don't know, NASA or some other space organization had, like, taken a sample from an asteroid and discovered t- cannabinoids on it, like, th- essentially, like, yes. THC on this. I'm like, oh, they found the dank-ass space weed. <laughs> Give me some of that. <laughs> I just think that's so interesting to think about how, like, oh, yeah, no, our brains make that stuff, and that's why it feels so good. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But to think about you know what you're saying about, like, why... Not even just, like, as a coping mechanism, but, like, as a safety measure, like, just mm-hmm. to stay awake. Because I definitely know there's a lot of students... Because I work with students. Adderall and I whatever, know if students take yeah. Adderall or cocaine or, like, any number of things to keep themselves up. Like, like you think back to... Uh, Saved by the Bell, the episode mm-hmm. where Jesse gets hooked I'm on so caffeine. Excited. I'm, I'm so, so ex- excited. I'm so scared. And it's just so funny to think, like, oh, my God, she got hooked on caffeine, so we're having a very special episode. Like, she probably would do Adderall now. Like, yeah. it would be a real drug that could do real damage. Not mm-hmm. that caffeine can't, but yeah. just generally speaking, that's, like, a dumb drug. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Yeah. But, like, so when I was saying about, like, that our bodies can produce these things necessarily, it's, like, a lot of the harm that comes from doing drugs is when it's cut with bad shit. Mm-hmm. And so I just blurt, I, I just blurted out... To somebody, I think I was at a bar, uh, yeah, I think it might have been a couple days ago when we were talking about harm reduction stuff, and I said, oh yeah, that time, like, that Christmas when all of the rock was cut with hog dewormer, 
some horrible person that what? made... So, like, I have all the love and compassion for people that use drugs. I fucking want to murder, like, drug dealers that, like, especially the ones that step on their product and cut it with bad shit. Yeah. Like, if it's just banal stuff, whatever, but when they put the rat poison in or when they put fentanyl. hog dewormer or fentanyl, which doesn't make sense. It just, I guess it makes your shit go farther because fentanyl is an incredibly strong opiate. Um... But, like, people that put really bad stuff in there, like... Hog dewormer. Yeah, hog dewormer, and people were literally smoking crack, which is pretty benign. It just makes you, like, awake, and they were bleeding out of their eyeballs. And it was the scariest thing I've wow. ever seen in my life. You saw people bleeding out of their eyes. That was the first three months that I started working in the downtown east side. Jesus Christ. So I feel like I've seen a lot of shit. You really went through the fire initially, <laughs> hey? Like, you were... That was a trial by fire. They put you into the hardest places to start working, just to be like... Can you hack it? Can you hack it? And then you get to, like, go work at a quiet place with, like, sweet ladies and bake cookies like I did for years, and it was amazing. <laughs> I just like that that was a, <sighs> that you have warm memories of this work that you've done, because I think a lot of people perceive it as being something very dark and sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that is very much the case in a lot of situations, yeah. but that there is beauty in it, too. The most important thing that I ever got from this job, which I try to take forward in my daily life... Um, was some initial training that I got from the initial founder of Portland Hotel Society, Liz Evans, who, you know, there was a big scandal with the job that I did that they were, like, not managing their money properly. And right. it's just, to me, it's because they were used to running a very small organization that grew incredibly fast, and they just were not very rigorous. Right. And that sucks if you're going to be an activist and you're going to, like, fight funders and fight the government, like, you gotta fucking keep your shit in order. Totally. So, anyway, but she is so amazing and is now working in New York for, like, another amazing, like, funding foundation and is doing all kinds of great work all over the world. Mm-hmm. And she told me that one of the best things was you just treat someone with respect every day and then maybe in six months, maybe in a year, maybe two years, maybe five years, they will eventually be like, oh, fuck, really nice to see you and, like, give you a hug or something. And it's, like, it, it's not about changing people's lives that day. It's just about, like, being sustainably consistent and you're always there and yep. you always treat someone with respect. Always recognizing the humanity in another person. Exactly. Yep. Uh, namaste or whatever. Oh, fucking namaste. <laughs> like, my soul recognizes your soul. The bus driver in my oh, soul that was such a good the tweet. That was the, yeah, the <laughs> namaste. I wish we, I, I have to, like, look that up, figure out how to credit that person. Mm-hmm. Namaste. Well, I said namaste. Oh, you did. Okay, yes. so it's like the but bus driver the, the tweet. My... The tweet was, the bus driver in my soul waves at the bus driver of your soul. Because all the bus drivers wave at each other and it's so great. It comes up every time someone's like, well, what are the, what are the, like, the sm- simple pleasures in life you like the most? I love seeing that. I love seeing two bus drivers on the same route going in opposite directions waving at each other. Uh-huh. There's just like a magical liminal moment in that where it's just like, we're people. We're not machines. We're not like on a route. We're human beings doing a job. Yeah. And I see you and you're Carl and I see you and you're Marilyn. Yeah. And hi. And we're both wearing the same pair of shorts. Yeah. We both when, don't get to pee for like an hour and a half. Aw. When Luna was living here, we decided that we wanted to write a song called Everyday Heroes, and one verse was going to be about bus drivers that wave to each other. That would be great. Well, we should definitely do that if she comes back. I yeah. hope she does. Friend of the podcast mm-hmm. is Luna, who is our artist in mm-hmm. residence, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, soon to be our artist in Glasgow, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. But uh, what was I even saying? Oh, just about treating people with respect. Yeah. And it's like, 
it doesn't even have to, you don't have to go out of your way to be like, hello, how are you doing? Da da da. Cause like people actually can see through that yeah. as like being a put on a lot of the time. Totally. So you don't have to be like customer service, like no. forced friendly, but just to be like, hello. And remembering people's names yeah. is very important. And to be able to just say like, hi, how are you doing? And yeah. even if they like fucking freak out at you and then the next day you're not like, ugh, fucking Carl, hi, whatever. Like, just start each interaction as if it's just a neutral and just yep. stay neutral and stay consistent and stay kind. And that kind of trust, that's like the Brene Brown thing where you just like put a pebble in the jar and every single time that you just say hi and you don't hold them to like shitty behavior from the past or whatever, totally. it's just another little pebble in the trust bucket and eventually it's going to be full of pebbles and then the you're going to be best friends. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is not that... best friends ever because of boundaries, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're going you're gonna to have a good time. Does this have a little something to do with the interactions that we've had in the last 24 hours? Yes. Just a little bit? Yes. So going back to uh, one of the bonus episodes we did, uh, I want to say... In April, probably. Mm -hmm. It was in April. We did about a 60-minute episode. I was talking about, like, cruelty and comedy and, like, getting shit-talked by mm -hmm. somebody. And I'm, again, not going to name names, going to give as little identifying information as possible. But basically the person who made it very clear they don't care from my perspective hosted a show I was on last night. And I was very nervous about it. But we pre we've since, b between when we recorded that bonus episode and now... That person and I have had words and come to an understanding, if not a total place of friendship and peace, but, like, a place of understanding. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, we're not going to kill each other, yeah. you know? And so said person was hosting the show I was on last night. I will probably give more details well, about I it mean, later. Well, I mean, like, when you say that, then you know it's who gonna it be is pretty easy. it's on the internet. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I haven't been I haven't been that subtle about it. But basically, like, it's, it's all good is, yeah. is really what it all comes down to. It's kind of like... I didn't want to create it as a situation where it was just hostile, you know? Like, I'm just not into it. Like, I said what I needed to say to... Well, I might as well just say her. Mm -hmm. uh, and got it off my chest, and now I'm not mad. Mm -hmm. And so she's been very nice to me since then. Like, has been extremely civil, was super cool, like, said nice things about me last night. So I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to go down into the darkness. It doesn't have to go down into a shitty place. Like, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that that stuff is usually shouldered by one person more than the other mm -hmm. in an interaction with two people. And, like, for me to always have to kind of be the understanding person is a lot of work. On the other hand, I would rather do that than shut people out. Yeah, because, like, I'm very much about, like, oh, fuck that person. Just cut mm -hmm. them out of your life forever. And then it's like, well, also, though, they're, like, around. Yeah. And we're doing the same kind of stuff in the same scene, and I don't want to have animosity. The and difference I just wanna... between us is so fucking minimal. Like, yeah. it's, that's the funny thing to me. I was like, we want to do the same kind of stuff and we don't need to be in competition about it. We yeah. can support each other. And I think that that's becoming clear. And then clear. how about collaboration? As Why not? we talked about on that episode. Yeah. And so last night, like, I was ready to go there. I'm like, Katie, I'm coming to the show. I'm gonna fuck her up if I got to. I did not say that. You never I'm would. never gonna fuck anybody up, but I was ready to glare scathingly <laughs> and just, like, ice some shit out or whatever and just be there and then be able to, like, shit talk with you later. And yeah. because that's the kind of supportive friend that I am. I have <laughs> your back and I love you very much. Well, I love and you very much. so then I was, like, all prepared to, like, just be totally, like, yeah, stone-cold bitch. And I was so won over by this person. She's so fucking funny. <laughs> she, was, she did a great job hosting, to be totally honest. Like, she was oh hysterically my funny. She was so funny and so good. And so at the end of the show, I went up to her and I was like, hey, I'm Katie's friend. And she looked a little bit nervous. Like you were going to kick her ass. But, like, I'm tiny and not intimidating, yeah. except for a little bit. I'm sexually intimidated. I'm a little intimidated <laughs> by you. 
and I know you. I know yeah. you very well, and I'm always just like a tiny bit intimidated. I'm okay with that. Yeah, good. It's, I want to cultivate just the smallest bit of fear and respect. <laughs> <laughs> if so, so much respect is a tiny bit of fear. Yeah, but so she kind of looked a little like askance. What, what's gonna happen? And yeah. I just said like, you are so funny. Like I was literally, I was just belly laughing at the table. We were table, both belly laughing. And I was like, yeah, you're so funny. I think that your comedy is fucking great. Yeah. Um, really good to see you. Totally. And she was like, fucking A. And then everybody yeah. like hung out outside and it just felt so good. Like, like it it's felt fine. like such a good supportive scene of just like all yeah. the comics and all their friends are all just hanging out and it's not a big deal. And that's, that's the thing that I don't know. I've I come to it. notice ever since uh, we had that episode where I was like, I don't know where I stand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, I don't think anyone dislikes me very strongly if they do at all. Like I don't, I just... I don't think I've been al- around long enough to build up any kind of bad ill will, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, but I think I've had, had enough time to sort of start building up some, some goodwill, mm-hmm. uh, with running the big rock show. Um, and just like always showing like showing up on time when I'm booked to do things and like to, to just like really, re- like really practice my set, like, and make mm-hmm. sure that it's ready to go when I do it. Cause I, the one I did last night, like I'm never going to do it again. Probably certainly never in the way that I did. I'll probably re- reuse some of those jokes. Some of them like, were so good. Katie had to write new material for like a, a nerd, show. nerd show. It was specifically a nerd show. And so I tried to do nerd material and I was like, well, I've got like maybe 45 seconds existing writing that would be appropriate. So mm-hmm. I had to write like six minutes yeah. of stuff that was like, the whole set itself would never be used again. There was definitely mm-hmm. stuff I would take out now. Yeah, but um, I liked but it. overall, I think it was pretty good. And yeah, it was just kind of whatever. like whatever. You just like you do your work and you show up. Well, and that was you're it. Like, professional. And I worked really hard on it for like a week. I was like, you know what? I only have a week to do this, but I'm going to do the best thing I can do within a week. Mm-hmm. So I spent many hours on it, and I pr- rehearsed the shit out of it, and I was ready to go by the time I, I didn't need to look at my notes mm-hmm. or anything. Like it was all good. And so like that's what I've been trying to do is just like make sure I'm prepared. Make sure I know the info and then I'm turning up on time and I'm like... So, as you were saying, putting, like, another pebble in the trust bucket, you're getting the trust of folks, like, your peers and your Ooh. comrades in comedy. Yeah. Being like, this person is a good person to work with because I don't just assume that they are. I've seen them consistently show up and do yeah. their shit yeah. and not cause shit and not destroy something or yeah. like whatever. Or get hostile with the audience or whatever. Right, like, yeah. and so you just are a consistent and well-natured person or whatever. And I think that goes a very long way. Right. Um, and, and so it's, that's it's so hard to wrangle over people. Time. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to wrangle people that just anybody who is, like, easy to deal with makes, like, really... Big time. Makes a lot of strides, I think. Big time. And so I'm finding that now. I'm doing a lot of volunteer management in my job, and I will tell you that's exactly the case. Well, just anybody who's, like, like even mostly reliable. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be 100%. It's great if it is, but, yeah. like, if you're there... If you show up, like, nine times out of ten, right on time, ready to rock, people will be like, you are so reliable, I love you, mm-hmm. basically. And that's kind of the message that I've been getting from people. Like, I, I imagine there are people who don't love my stuff, but people have been very nice. No one's been an asshole. Yeah. Really, and it's, like, it's so nice to kind of move past this, like, bit of negativity and into, like, we don't have to be... Yeah. Nemeses. At all. As, like, fun and dramatic as that could be in, like, sure. a movie. Sure, but that's but real in, life. in fucking real life, I don't way like more having e- conflict with Yeah, people. it's way more exhausting to have hate in your heart. It is, and it's, it's <laughs> much easier for me to just be like, well, you said something dumb and it hurt my feelings and I wish you would take it back, but if you're not going to, whatever, I'm going to fucking move on and we'll just be civil and it's yeah. fine. and then that person just turned out to be, like, charming and cool. And, and fine. And like, just totally fine. Like, really funny. So She was super yeah. funny. So yeah. there you go. There you go. 
There you go. I love it. Yeah. What it a was, good resolution to that. And it was it was great. It was a good show. I was very nervous about it. I didn't know you were coming until like the day before, which was really awesome. And then two other friends showed up, past guest Erin, mm-hmm. uh, and her partner came, and it was really just fucking fun. Like everybody was great. Um, Gavin Clarkson's a local guy that I really love. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know him that well personally, but I've seen him quite a few you times. Love his and material. I love his material a lot. He's super funny. I'd he, love to get him on sometime. I hope that. So let this be on the record. He was the one that did the alphabet. He did the alphabet. He did like a parody of the alf. Like I don't know what it's called, the alphabet rap or whatever from Blackalicious, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and he did it all nerd themed, and it was amazing. The one about Professor Xavier for X was so good. Yeah, like, I was glad that he did that. Professor Xavier, the X Men xenophobia, or something like that. I was like, holy fucking shit, you scrawny little nerd. He did it. He and so did that shit. This was a very themed show, and so maybe people aren't going to reuse some of the gems that they came out with last night. But like, I hope that they do. It spoke to my soul. <laughs> like, I was it really truly did. It. There was a lot of people on that bill that I really like. People who've done our show before. Um, Alex Sparling was on. He's so funny. He's mm-hmm. so fucking funny. He had like these big skulls on his shoulders. Like, yeah, I like. Was, I love like, the costumes. Screaming, laughing. It, it was. was so it good. was. There was only three of us that wore that wore costumes. The host. The host dressed. What did she say? It was like she wanted to be like the, the overly com- the overly competent sexy mechanic who like these men can't make this spaceship go. And then I just hit it with a wrench and it works. Yeah. <laughs> and it just built a spaceship. Oh yeah. And then she was like, "Someone guess what my favorite film was?" And I said, "Firefly." I mean, Serenity. And then I won a T-shirt. Yeah. So I felt pretty. Now good you got about a, like an eight foot long T-shirt. I wore it to bed last night and it looked really hot. And oh, now fantastic. I have a comic book T-shirt. So now, now you're a nerd too. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing. Um, and Alex had the skulls, and I was dressed with my trill spots and my Star Trek t-shirt. You were so goddamn hot. <laughs> I know Thank that your you. parents listen to this, but whatever. It's like, fine. I, I did look really hot. Yeah. It just... I could add a picture to it. Yeah. <laughs> Pick. Yeah, it's a good it's, one. I think we talked about your nerd dumb in Rachel's episode. And I just look spots. so good guys, in trill spots. You do. I look better than the actresses look in trill spots almost. Mm-hmm. It's close. It's yeah. very close. because well, you've got freckly skin in general, and so it looks like they're just extended freckles. And it's and cool. I also think I have this bit of a vibe that I put out that's kind of like, I maybe have some old people's knowledge inside of my body somewhere, so like I've got like a, like a trill symbiont that's got this like previous life knowledge, and I think Holy I come out shit. like a little bit like, a little bit like I'm a little wiser than I should be for my age. Sometimes, not always. That's the only child thing. Yeah. it's We, we talked a little bit earlier today um, just about the differences in our only child upbringing. <laughs> yeah. Which like... But I think that we both share that similarity of, like, we had to adapt to being with adults very yep. early yep. and figure out how to interact and just, like, not just get to really play and do kid stuff. Yep. I can remember being asked to to say the words figma manometer a lot when I was a child. Fucking Which is a shit. blood pressure machine. <laughs> Uh, my aunt was a nurse and she taught me the word and it just was very cute when a three-year-old says figmomanometer. It's <laughs> a lot of syllables for a tiny little mouth. Yeah. Aww. It's fallen out of there. I've always been like the, uh, like, perform for us, little monkey. And I'm just like, okay. Uh-huh. It worked. I'm fine. I definitely had to, yeah, do a lot of dances in front of adults. Like, old gray mare, she ain't <laughs> what she used to be, ain't what she used to be. When I think about it now, because now I'm 30, I'm 31, and... My mom was 30 when she had me, so then I guess she was, like, 34 when I was four. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that is how, how math, math works. works. Okay. And, like, to think about, like, make your four-year-old do some cute shit 
And oh, I would. Like we do that to our friends' kids all the time now. <laughs> oh my god, I love and I can remember being really embarrassed about it as a child. Like mm-hmm. really profoundly. But it's like probably all those adults were like, drunk and like, thought you were Why so are funny. you laughing at me? Aww. So much as a kid. And now I think that's probably why I became a comedian. <laughs> it's like, oh I know why you're laughing. Because I'm hysterically made you. funny. I made you. But it was like they would always get me to say something funny and then they would laugh and be like, Why are you laughing? I don't understand. Yeah, but like with my friends' kids, like We'll yeah. do that. We're always always drunk and like dance for us, little monkeys, dance yeah. for us. Or like our one friend's kid who like plays smoke on the water on guitar and he's eight and he's so sincere about it. And it's, it's just adorable. like play it again. And then he gets to like lead a jam and we're like, Yay! But like it's so it's true and it's all from a good place. Those kids, we I don't have to be specific about no. who they belong to, but they um they do for like privacy, turn up, they're their own people. They're too. their own people. And they but they turn up to stuff and they do participate in a way that I find really interesting in mm. a way that I was never we I don't think I was allowed to as a kid. Like yeah. it was a matter of like you go to the basement with all the other kids and you can watch I think I've said this before, you can watch Kevin play Doom on the old computer. <laughs> totally. Like that's another yeah. Seeing a few of the friends that I have that bring their children to our adult things there's, like, that that balance where it's, like, the kid doesn't necessarily have to conform to what the adults want to just, like, be quiet, the adults are talking, mm-hmm. which is a hard stance. Yeah. You sit in the corner with your book and you shut yeah. up. Yeah. But it's, like, no, you get to play with us. Yeah. And then when We don't do what they want to do, necessarily. We don't do what they, they want to do. They have to adapt to us. Yeah, they can But they're allowed us, to participate. They're, they're there. And then if it's, like... And then I also like that these friends that are parents that tell their children, like... You can do what we're doing, and you're more than welcome to join, and you will be part of the group, and you even get to lead a thing. Yep. Like, you can do it, or you can do your own thing, and you can sit you in the other room and play video games or whatever, yeah. and that's also fine. Yeah. You're allowed to do either, but you're welcome to do everything. Like, I like that, that a lot. so nice? Giving, like, some serious choice is, is really so rad. Because nice? I just, I never... I didn't really want to hang out with adults when I was a kid, I guess, but um, it happened a lot, and so just like it was kind of fun to go into the finished basement with the kids. There was like this like separate world for us mm-hmm. where we'd like watch our Disney, the Disney VHSs with like the puffy plastic cases that you would mm-hmm. just like. You can probably smell it. I imagine someone who's listening to this like I know exactly what that smells like when you open it up because it's like that vinyly, mm-hmm. plasticky like Little Mermaid, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like the the white Disney plastic yes, ones I know, that you, like exactly. that pop. I had the Lion King them. and that was it. And it wasn't like the other VHS which you just shake out of the cardboard. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I, <laughs> I you know. know what I'm talking about. I do. You do. Um, that made me think about a friend of ours. Um, and again, I won't name names. This is like such a like blind item episode. <laughs> But, Everybody knows who they are. But yeah, but this isn't this isn't like we're not shit talking. This is just no. people's experiences. Like but we haven't she, really done that much shit talking on this show. We've done a little. We're nice people for the most part. We're sometimes mad, but we're generally not angry. Nah. Like are we like mad? Wait, mad but not angry. I feel like that's true. Yeah. Like I'm not furious. I'm just like meh. Yeah, and then you get it out, and then it's gone. And it's, well, that's why I'm not mad anymore about the whole thing that ha- that went down. I'm like. It's fucking fine. I don't care. I just want to be friends with everybody. But, so I had a friend that had a really hard time because her parents would always give her shit for not participating in stuff. Mm. And she was from a big family, and so then maybe people that have a bigger family maybe know the struggle more than myself you, as an only you child. You and I, yeah. And yourself, right? So it was like, oh, you're not participating. That's not good. You have to join us. And, she, like, she was never given the option to just not. Do her own thing, yeah. 
And so then she didn't feel like she ever had the option to not do stuff, and she just had to, like, suffer through shit that made her feel so bad and uncomfortable. Oh, God, that could be really badly translated right? And like, it, and for it, sex. Like, that's... So you think, like, oh, well, you just... Everybody else, what they want to do is more important than what you want to do. So mm. it's a bad message to get. I don't, I don't know about this friend and her experience with that necessarily, but I do know that just hanging out with me... And I'm like, I'm doing all these things, and this is great, so come and do this. And then she would participate in the thing, and be, and then later would tell me, like, I hated it, I felt so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my god. Then don't come. Why didn't you just not come? And it's like, well, but I get in trouble if I don't come do the thing. I have to participate. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So, like, that's, like, one of the my other, like, friendship rules, like, I don't know. The collective agreement? Yeah, where it's like, I'm always going to invite you, and yeah. you can always tell me no, and yeah. I'll always keep inviting you to stuff. And Unless I don't you tell me to not invite you. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that's another thing, too. But it's like, you can tell me to not invite you to certain types of things. I'll remember. Yeah. I will. That's that's a promise that I have because I care about you. I've only just recently been able to start saying no to yeah. things I don't really feel like going to. It's like, you know what? I, you know, that sounds awesome, but I'm not really up to it. So I hope you have a great time and let's try to do something different a right? little bit later. Like, there's many ways to do that. But yeah. I just really, I would rather you don't come to a thing if you're not going to have a good time. It's, we're not taking I don't want attendance. You to, I don't want you to have to suffer through That's something. not the kind of friendships I, I that we want to have with about you. <laughs> you know, like, we don't, we, we're not like, oh, you're here. You've come to, like, X amount of things, so you're a good friend. Like, no. If you come out to one thing all year and you have a great time, and then you so never come out, you. I will be so happy to see you. I will always welcome you with open arms, that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, I don't, no burnt bridges for the most part. Like, yeah. I just, I just, like, anybody is welcome to talk to me anytime. And we'll just, like, try to be friendly as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, try to make it so that everybody can have a good time. I just... That sense of pressure to just show up and do the thing, like, because you think other people want it. I understand it. I really do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I really over do. Over easy eggs. Over easy eggs. <laughs> Fucking over easy eggs. Did we talk about that the last <laughs> yes, episode? We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I've gotten better about that now because I've gotten a lot of really wet whites lately. And I was like, no more! <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be over easy from now on. I'm like, if you break it, make me a new one. <laughs> You've got unlimited eggs. Runny yolks or get the fuck out. But yeah, no, well, it's like no runny whites. You gotta. Well, that's why I baste my eggs every time. I like yes. I, I fry them. I put a lid on it with a little bit of water in there. Okay, they steam, and so like it gets all cooked up top. But it's a wet ass yolk, and that's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I just love breakfast. <laughs> Just thinking about how much how much <sighs> eggs are good. Yeah. And they are. Gosh. Anyway. Super fascinating. We stuff. whatever. You were talking earlier about uh earlier not on record. We've been hanging out for a long time. Yeah. Before we, started we went for recording. lunch. That's great. Um, but about how friends of yours would send a message being like, Hey, I saw that you've been doing some cool stuff and I just wanted to let you know. Oh yeah. And like and then I've been saying like one of my again, friendship lines that I love. Maybe this is like peeling back the curtain and it's not <laughs> like I'm doing it because I'm trying to like put on a Here's my script. But it's genuine. It's like, yeah. hey, you're fucking on my radar. You've yeah. been doing a lot of good stuff lately. Seeing it coming up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, like, you're just in my feed and I see that you're doing cool stuff. Like, yeah. if, And then if I run into you on the street, it's like, fucking hey, you seem like you're doing a really good thing. Like, I ran into a friend of mine literally just on the street as I was trying to find a print shop because mm -hmm. they had a banner that I had to pick up. And I nearly collided with this friend in the street and she was like, I can't talk. I'm here with this group of teenage girls, and we're doing girls' rock camp, and I'm one of the vocal teachers now. Holy shit. And I'm like, yes, I have been seeing that you've been doing that, and this is the band, and that this is their name, because I remembered that she posted the name of the band. Now I forget it. It was something adorable. And I was like, girls, have a fucking awesome show. And I swore at 13-year-olds. I and loved they, it. And they giggled, and then they just went on their way. But That's it's so like rad. the friend then sent me a message like, thank you for 
remembering that I was doing that. Was, was that like, a past guest of ours? No. Oh, okay. No. I just wasn't sure if that was familiar to me or not, but no. I just, I really love that. Yeah, no, I got a message um, yesterday or the day before, I want to say, because um, we always post our podcast episodes. Not not every single one, but we do at least every other one, I think. We promote them. You and online. I alternate, and then we share the posts. Yeah, We're trying I don't to always fuck, share fuck them the just because, like, <laughs> just cause, like, if you do the same thing so consistently, it's going to start getting invisible, unless you pay them money, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. So mm-hmm. you have to be really crafty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, like the opposite of what we were talking about before, like the pebble in the trust bucket. Like yeah. it is good to show up consistently. But you can only have one bucket, one rock in the bucket at any time. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's tough. So um, we, we have always been releasing everything on time every oh yeah. Tuesday, this we podcast, a day. but we haven't promoted it all the time because it will get lost in the shuffle. Well, yeah. And I just, like, I don't want to exhaust our friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I figured like if somebody gets into one episode, they're probably going to end up like downloading a bunch and so that they'll catch the stuff that they missed before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the write-ups are going to be pretty indicative of what you're about to find out. That's sort of what they're for. But um, It's almost like. It's almost like. <laughs> That's actually the point of writing up what the episode is about. <laughs> but I got a really nice message just because I, I left a comment on someone's picture. It was like for my fr- This guy, Rob, who I uh, know from North Delta uh, and is friends with like... The, the, the nasty breakup that I went through. He's like, good friends with the guy who like broke my heart, basically. Mm-hmm. But this is, again... 10 fucking years ago. So yeah. it's really not a big it's deal. It's a delicious distant memory it's that we It's super can just distant be like, and I'm not upset. I'm super not upset about it now. I could <laughs> not give a shit. But I just sometimes go like, that guy. <laughs> but I don't even really feel that way. I'm just like, that guy. <laughs> it's part of the fabric of who you are now. Part of life's rich pageantry. <laughs> but this guy, Rob, who is a total sweetheart, has this real weird habit like every 2 years of like sending me a message of support mm. in just a very general thing. Like we haven't really crossed paths at all. But he sent me a message saying, like, hey, thanks for the nice compliment you gave me. Like, I left a compliment on a photo or something like that. He's like, I see that you guys have, you've been, like, doing a podcast. And my, my wife's gotten me into podcasts lately, so i got to check yours out. I told him I've been doing stand-up. He's like, please send me, like, your video. I want to look at it when I have a chance. So it's just, like, super nice because it's, like, somebody who has no investment in me at all as a person. Mm-hmm. But who I've obviously made enough, an impre- enough of an impression on in the past that he cares that I am happy now. And so that's nice. such a small thing. And it's, it seems so odd to fixate on it, but at the same time, it's so nice to be considered and it's so nice to be cared about. You know what that is? That's fucking thank you cards and the Christmas letter. Yeah. Which like gets a lot of shit because it's an antiquated mechanism, but I think we- I do that. I know you do. You know I do That's when we talk about emotional labor- that's often an example that comes up where it's like the women in people's lives always send the thank you cards to stuff and why don't we do that more often? It's like- it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. And if you do it in, like, a big batch, it doesn't really mean a lot, necessarily. There. But, like, a good thank you card... Makes a difference, Like, man. it really does. So, my mother is a manager... She is. ...in public health, and she... I know this about her. And she gave me a stack of thank you cards, because she is going to retire in mm. two months. She's finally going to... Your mom is re- retiring? She's finally going to retire. Holy shit, we gotta, get, we gotta get JoJo on here. Yeah, once, she, so once she's not in the employ of the government, then she, she can come. She talks a bunch of shit. I just adore her. She's, she's wonderful. She's so sweet. We definitely We gotta will. do mom episodes. Okay. Get her mums on. Brenda, we're calling you out. Brenda and Joanna, you're coming on the show. Should we do it all together in a roundtable discussion? No, I think we should do them separately. I think it'd be easier anyway. Yeah. I think my mom would be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I was like, fair. yes, you do. You yeah. know, Brenda, you know how to talk. Yeah, she we'll give her. We'll just pour wine down her. It'll be a great time. I really love your mom a lot. I, I love your mom awesome. a lot. Yeah, We got great moms. Okay. Um, but so <laughs> my mom was giving me some advice. Sure. Because I'm, I'm working with a new team of people that are, like, very different than me. Yeah. And I, like, 
it's great, it's new, I'm still trying to find my footing. And she's sure. like, you know what fucking makes a big difference is a goddamn thank you card. She did not say that. She's very sweet. She's too. She <laughs> would never say a fucking and goddamn. No, but. she would never. She was like, you know what makes a difference? A thank you card. A thank you card. And she was like, I brought you seven. <laughs> you. So there's like uh-huh. three for each of your cards. Have you, that's not how math works. I never, that's, that would be nine. Oh, that's a good thing we have degrees in the arts and social sciences. Oh, God. Anyway, she was like, here's a bunch of thank you cards. Yeah. Um, I use them all the time mm-hmm. as a manager, as a coworker, And I would just, the card says thank you. It looks very pretty. Um, sorry, everything just like... Exploded? No, it's fine. Just my computer's freezing for some reason, even though I have the power plugged in. What a dick. It shouldn't do that. Really? It's just going to sleep because it's bored. Because it's bored. I'm <laughs> tired hope, of listening to these bitches. I hope you're not. I hope that you, listener, are doing dishes or going for like a fucking jog or whatever because we certainly are not. We're not jogging at all. We are sweating though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As if we were. Podcasting is cardio. It's, it's totally cardio. Um, But she was like, so I, I give thank you cards to everybody, but not indiscriminately. She's very good at acknowledging, like, here's one tiny thing that you did that I appreciated. I don't remember if I sent her a card for putting me up for a couple nights. You did. Uh, did I? Or something. I asked you to, for her address, you, I think. You, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think I did. No, I'm sure that you did. That's and, like, very I, me. I had another friend that stayed at her house with me, and then he asked again another time, like, I'm going to Gibson's for a wedding. This is weird, but can I just stay at your mom's house even if you're not there? I'm like... Well, I would say no to you, but I'll ask my mom because it's her house. And she was like, I love that guy. <laughs> and he showed up and they hosted him and he made her a pottery bowl as a I gift. I bet she loved and it. it. And she adores it. She's the most she just, open-hearted person yeah. I've ever met, I think. Yeah. But so she really was like... So much less salty than we are. Yeah. She she really is like why I'm a good person. Because like <laughs> my dad is horrible, but I learned boundaries from dealing with him and yeah. I learned like cutthroat ruthlessness from him because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. But my mom made me sweet. So like I have mostly good intentions cuz I mostly live with her. Yeah. If I live with my dad, I would be like an assassin, I think. <laughs> or something. Like I would be probably a murderer. The fucking or an embezzler. No, the I fucking think... turn up terror. <laughs> yeah, like maybe I would go back to Poland and be involved in the mafia. The Polish mafia. <laughs> So benign. <laughs> like, hey, you want some pierogies? <laughs> it's like they're poison. <laughs> I don't know how the count. <laughs> I don't know what the accent is. I don't do a lot of good accent work. It's pretty close to that. It's pretty close. Uh, uh, uh. I impressed a man the other day by speaking Polish to him because he came in and he was like, "How did you know that my name was spelled like that when I just said it?" And I was like, "I understand how letters work in Polish because my last name is Zepa." And he's like. Oh, do you speak Polish? I'm like, no, just enough to be polite. And he's like, say something to me. And I said, dziękuję bardzo. And he was like, oh, I have a boner. Proszę bardzo. He was like an old man. And he was like, that was really good. I was like, cool. He hasn't moved in 40 years. <laughs> oh, God. I really hope I didn't give him a weird Polish boner. <laughs> a weird bratwurst. I guess that's... That's German. Yeah, but what do they call Kielbasa. Mm-hmm. Kielbasa sausage. Um, why are we talking about this? Who the fuck knows? This is horrible. But, so, my mom balanced me out. Your basically. mom balanced you out. She, she, told she made you me a better person. That thank you cards are a good thing. Yes. And this, so, is, this is the thing my parents are extremely, extremely severe on. They, 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 like, I remember being 
almost literally chained to a desk at age five or six to send thank you notes for my birthday. My grandma gifts. made me do that, and I so I think hated my mom it. got it once removed where she was like, "I'm not going to force you, but I know it makes people feel good." Like she really like went to the emotional place. She's oh, like, I was just forced. She was like, "Do you know how good it feels to get one?" I was like, "Yeah, I love it." And she's like, "Cool. Why don't you do that for somebody else?" And that was like very much like you have the power to change the world. You have the power to make someone feel a feeling. Yeah. Which is so cool. And that, like, if we're getting into that, we've been shit-talking ourselves for, like, or oh, doing other <laughs> podcast bits on the podcast, but, I mean, that's a, that's a Pete Holmes, you made it weird thing. Yeah. Like, you have the ability, you have a magical power to change the way someone feels about themselves at any yeah. given moment. And it's, like, totally how I feel about it. And I'm, like, a big thank you cards person. Mm-hmm. I have... I don't know if you've ever seen my drawer where I have all of my stationery, but I have, like, 90 blank cards. And so it's like, if anybody wants a thank you card, or just a card, just send me your address. <laughs> literally send me your address to podcast at gmail.com and I will send you a card and it will be full of text and I will write the whole thing for you and you will feel so special when you get it. <laughs> I'm not joking. But if you're if you listening to, to ask, this... If you have to ask for it, sometimes it doesn't feel as good. Well... It will by the time it gets to you, I promise. Oh, that I will cool. write a really, like, this cool, is a cool. true thing. I will pay for the postage, send me a request for a card, <laughs> and I will send you one. That is just how much I like writing cards for That's people. That's so nice. I just got so much stationery. I have so many cards. My dad bought me a bunch of bird ones. Nice. Because John Oregon's true friend of the podcast, yeah. true friend of me. Put a bird on true, it. True good dad. That's why you, Portland is your my, soul home. It's my soul home, and I can't wait to go back. I'm mm-hmm. going back on the, on the 6th. Super psych. Gonna do some comedy down there soon. Should be really good. Get to stay with my girl, Nikki. God. So, you know how on, like, the hottest day that we had our ice pack strapped to us and we mm-hmm. were talking... I, it was either that or some other episode. Uh, it that, would be one of them. Whatever. <laughs> we were talking about, like, we want to have a dirtbag summer. I feel like it's finally coming true. Yeah. And I'm really into it. We were having a total dirtbag day. We went for lunch. We got, like, a big big plates of fries and stuff and we were just drinking beers. Ooh. Beers and scissors. And just sitting in the sun and just singing along with the songs on the radio. And last night, after the comedy show, so we had our friends with us in the car. We'll maybe get into this another I was sa- time. I was, I was sober enough to be driving, I would say. Like, oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I just had, like, a glass no, and a half no, no, of wine. No, 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 I, Yes, I did not mean to conflate the two mm. things. So this was a separate I drove day. people home last night because yes. I was mostly sober. Exactly. Katie, you were performing because you're a goddamn fucking professional. I'm a goddamn professional. I don't get super... I mean, a professional amateur. Yeah. <laughs> You had a glass of wine at the beginning of the evening, uh, maybe topped up a little bit. You did your set. You stayed sober. You drove us home. Drove us home. You were an amazing person. We had some Thank friends. You so much for acknowledging yeah. us. Yeah, because I now have a vehicle, and my partner and I have been trading off designated drivering. It's annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> I want to just be driven all the time. But we do it in like a very equitable way where sure. we, uh, we went to the beach, we went for a swim one night, and then we went for dinner after... And I was like, oh, I don't really like this wine, and I'm not really feeling it. I have to work tomorrow. And Ed was like, cool, can I have a bunch of beers and you drive home? And I'm like, yes, that yes. sounds perfectly reasonable. Totally. And then another day, I was like, I have the day off tomorrow. Can I drink some wine, and then you can drive home? He was like, yes, that sounds perfectly reasonable. So totally. How That's good. great to do. How balanced. It's really good to do that balance. And, but, um, uh, so you did that for me last night. And if Tessa comes out, she usually drives me. Mm-hmm. My sweet baby girl. That was a, a very good thing, or it is a good thing, about being in a band with a person that never has drank. Like, he just doesn't drink. Rowan? Rowan, the accordion Rowan. player from the Creaking Planks. He would not be That's sad so that I told him. He just is sober. But then he also just didn't have a driver's license. 
until two years ago or three maybe. So now he just has to drive everybody. All yes, the time. because it was the most fucking frustrating thing where it's like he's not drinking and he's not driving us. What the fuck? What we the could fuck? All... What a waste of time! Like we literally we did a bunch of shows in San Francisco. Uh, which at the time was more craft brewing than Vancouver was. Yeah. And my friend Nathaniel, who is a craft brewing superstar man. Barry Sachs player Nathaniel. Yeah, who now basically runs, or he like has a bunch of beers at Callister Brewery. Um, and we were in San Francisco and he and I had to trade off not drinking the beer that was so good to drive our rental car That's around. Infuriating. When Rowan didn't drink at all and also didn't drive, and we're like, "Fuck you!" You're on blast for two <laughs> years ago, Rowan. But now it's oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Now he drives, which is perfect. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, it just was really, it was really nice to be in a band because it's like I will have a couple of glasses at one, the gig, and yeah. then you'll drive me home, and it'll be awesome. That's what um, I, that was a good thing about the Dreadnoughts is that Marco always had to drive because we had a rental van and it mm-hmm. was in his name and so he could only be the one who drove. So I was like, well, I'm drunk forever. Mm-hmm. So now I have an insane alcohol tolerance. <laughs> Just <laughs> fucking crazy. I shouldn't be able to drink as much as I do. Gosh. I'm usually pretty good. I think we so, talk, we maybe talk about that too much on the podcast. Well, we like to drink alcohol. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. We're, we're not so... I come... I'm going to do a joke about this eventually and mm-hmm. it, it was just that, uh, like, my parents like to drink alcohol. They really mm-hmm. enjoy wine and they, you know, I don't think that they're alcoholics at all Mm-mm. necessarily, but if they are, they're exceptionally functional, which to me feels a little bit like permission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think that they are. I think they're just fun loving people that. And that's the way I, th- I they think I am enjoy too. their leisure time big time. Yeah. I, they, I, they get their shit done. Yep. Yeah. And they're chill most of the time. All my shit is done and that's why I know yeah. that I'm not going too far with any of my things. So it's that's like I'm not letting anyone down. I'm not like worst case scenario worst case Ontario. I'm just like a little bit silly. That's from <laughs> Have you not heard that before? No. It's from Trailer Park Boys. Oh I like it a lot. That's a Ricky bit that's a Rickyism. Oh, worst case Ontario. Gosh. I love a malapropism from Ricky. Gosh, that's good. It's good stuff. Um this so I wanna drop the subject because it almost feels like the lady doth protest too much a little bit, but we're just like We've given ourselves permission to have a dirtbag weekend. It's a long weekend. We're just dirtbagging it real hardcore. And I have times. no plans. I have nothing that I have to do. All I want to do is hang out with my good friend and just like... That's me. Shit talk. Is that me? For a good time. Oh, it is you. It's yeah. Me. We're here right now. We're, we're doing it. Oh my God, we're doing we're it. We're doing the thing that I just we're said. We're doing it, Peter. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. <laughs> me too. It's fine. Um, it's fine. But what I wanted to say was... Okay. You very responsibly and soberly drove us home. Yes. And you're blasting... The Hamilton soundtrack. I've been converted. Yes, she did. If we we can refer back to our episode with sweet, (laughs) sweet Steve Venegas, who is now a dad... Uh, I don't know if we've we've discussed that on the podcast. It happened. But it happened. It happened, like, mere weeks after we had him on the podcast. They have a beautiful daughter named Izzy. She's so sweet. She's so sweet. She's the cutest little baby. I'm getting updates every day. It's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy. I've never seen a couple, like, who wanted a baby more to, like, just have such a wonderful time with this little kid. And they're doing so good. And they're just, like... I should bring them a casserole or something. It's just such a cute little baby. Did you write a congratulations card on their baby? I will now that you (laughs) mentioned that. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'll get their address and send them something physical. Because, like, can we just give them, like, a sea shanty type onesie from the sea hags to baby Izzy? Let's just get that. Let's get her, like, a little onesie with some sea shit on it. I don't like to get baby present, like, baby clothes as a present until I've seen the baby and held the baby. And then you can know what fucking size the baby is for now. Because you buy, like, newborn onesies and the baby comes out, like, 10 pounds, like, Lucy. 
my friend's kid. She's like 12 pounds. She was the biggest baby ever. She was such a huge baby. And like any like newborn onesie. They haven't, like, had, the, they oh, haven't had their second baby yet, have they? Very soon. Oh, so soon. Very soon. Ah. Like. In mo- mere moments. The due date is tomorrow, literally. <laughs> so oh my God. I'm just it's like. It's on my calendar. I, tr- well, I keep track of my a, friend's due dates because I'm a creep. There's a lot of people having babies this year. <laughs> and I, I, she, she turned up to a jam that we had a little while ago. And I was like, oh my God, you You're are so very pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just thought it. I hope she's not mad if she hears no, this. No, because <laughs> I literally said that to her. She, like, she looks like she's so time. fucking over it. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, this is done. I'm done. Yeah. This is over. That's baby number two. And she's like. I think two I knew, is, I I think what, two is it. I knew what this was like, and I did it anyway, and I was like, God bless you. God bless you. The first like, one's so cute. Yeah, and these people have made amazing children already, and they're both amazing people. Amazing, amazing children. The one child. Children. And they're both amazing people, yep. and I, like, want them to be my parents, and I'm jealous of their kids. Like, I think I've said this before. <laughs> well, you babysit for them for a bit, don't you? I do. Yeah, little kid likes I you. Do. She's gonna... so funny. She's like, she's peed everywhere that day. I know. Because she's at a diaper. She's like, gotta go pee. So like, okay, now you're peeing under a tree. Now you're peeing in a bush. Now you're peeing by a rock. Now you're peeing by a brush. I didn't learn how to pee outside until I was 12 years old. So I'm really I didn't learn how to pee outside girl. until like two minutes ago, basically. <laughs> like the only time I've peed extensively outdoors in the last 10 years was the day we conceived of this podcast on the beach with Carmen. Because mm-hmm. there was literally no other There was option. nothing else to do. You could but... go swim in the ocean Oh my god, no, no, I did pee in the ocean when we went in the mm-hmm. o- I waited till you were far away from me, because I, I am know, a considerate friend. fine, I wouldn't but care. there was also this, like, sort of estuary or something, like, right mm-hmm. by, like, where, like, the river, the little tiny river kind of ran into, in, I guess maybe it was Robert's Creek running in there, I don't know. Mm. There was, like, some running water, and there were all of these, like, logs, and it was arranged in such a way that it basically made a turlet. So I was able to use that, but I was like, please don't look, I hope nobody comes by while I'm doing this. That was literally right at a camp site thing, like a cabin. The fact that I was able to pee outside twice in one day is heroic for me. It's because you are on mushrooms, Katie. Don't tell everybody that (laughs) I was on... No, I didn't... I was on the smallest amount of mushrooms. (laughs) Sorry, Mom and Dad. Don't edit it. It's fine. No, I want to put it in the market. No, let them know. Let them know. We were so cagey about it on our first episode. We were like, we just I've died of mushrooms a small handful of times. I've done a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> but not for the last long time. And yeah, I feel the last like time I'm I did due... it was last year with, with you at the beach. Yeah. That was the last time I've done it. I feel them. like I'm due for like a Let's big do, one. You want to go do some mushrooms? Yeah, I do. Right now? We should take a break. <laughs> I really do need to pee, actually, We're not so. going to do mushrooms. We're going to come back and keep recording. Okay? We're, we're going to come back and be on mushrooms. Love you, bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Are we back? We're back. Oh my god, we're back. We, we did a million mushrooms. We didn't. We didn't. We <laughs> peed and then got more wine. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of like mushrooms, I guess. It's banal. Boy, did we ever have a great conversation that did not make it on the podcast. Gosh. It will never make it on the all, podcast. All of a sudden, a lot of boundaries came down. I told Katie a lot of my secrets. I got a lot of special secrets. <laughs> but there were secrets I would have guessed if you had been like, guess what my secrets are. Sure. But remember, there was the episode where, with Dom where I was like, Josh McNair knows all my secrets. You now know all of mine as well. Oh, that's so, so great. So you've been justified. Mm. Suck on that, Josh McNorton. It's now... <laughs> you, you think you're better than me? Now you probably know more than he does. Yes. Yeah, so you now are, like, prime Now I'm the true keeper. friend. Now I'm the true, the <laughs> alpha friend. <laughs> Good, next, this is what I've wanted forever. Next time I go back to London, though, he and I will do all kinds of weird shit that yeah. I'll never tell you. You're going to have to come up with a better new secret and then never tell me until it comes out later mm. in between podcast recordings. Yeah, well, apparently we just got the... Uh, 
wheels of conversation turning. That happens sometimes. From time to time, it does happen. And so. then, yeah, I had to definitely not press record because it was very implicating. Oh, super. So I'm just going to so let, many you, criminals. let you, the listener, just digest Infer. that. Ooh. Anyway. We've done some stuff. We've lived some lives. We're actually very interesting. (laughs) We're actually very interesting. Just fucking ask us. We'll tell you. Most of the time, we're just talking about, like, "Mm, I don't know, I'm, like, really tired from work, but it's, like, "Mm," in my past, and also present, I do some stuff that I just never tell anyone about. It's fun. It's It's just a little minx. It's like I'm a superhero. It is like that a little bit. It's my alter ego. Uh, (laughs) It was a really fun conversation. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, So I want to just like maybe go back to some of the stuff we were talking about over breakfast or our breakfast at 3 p.m. Because it's Dirtbag Day. (laughs) Dirtbag Day. That's the name of this. I think this episode is going to be just called Dirtbag Day probably because that's what we're doing. And I've I've been like the whole summer I've been like I want to have a dirtbag summer where I'm just like stoned and or day drunk all the time. Just like... Like kissing cute people and hanging out with them and chilling and, and it just hasn't like really come to time. fruition until like now apparently like the thirst has become real and it's very real. Laura, are we gonna smooch? We can do it right now. Mm. No, not you don't want it. Not on the podcast. No, it's not. That's no Foley work. Patrick, Patrick Malia will call us lesbians if we kiss. Oh on the no, podcast. he called me a lesbian so many times last night. I'm like, that's a half truth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I pretend like, that we're kissing. Mwah, 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 yeah, mwah, I was like, mwah. I had to yell because Patrick Malia at the show last night was like the lesbian in the back, and I'm like, that's me, by yeah. the way. And I'm like, technically, me also. And then if you combine Katie and I, then you make a full lesbian. You make a full lesbian and then a straight woman yeah, <laughs> on the other like, side. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's Which like is fine. If we're being particular, it's I'm bisexual or pansexual, Patrick. But that's not good for comedy. Yeah, because I did a bit about how like. Uh, I got asked to do a Buffy joke, because obviously I did. <laughs> like, it's clearly I do Buffy jokes. And I did a bit about how I wanted to be Buffy, but I was more like Willow, which means that I turned into a gay witch when I was old. <laughs> yeah. So I think he just took that and was like, oh yeah, definitely gay, and also that I look extremely gay, and also yeah. that I'm married to a woman. <laughs> like, all of these context clues. All these context totally. clues, which, which, which would make it not unreasonable for him to call me a lesbian, but he yeah. called me the lesbian. Yeah, which... Which is the designation that I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not the er lesbian. Yeah, so then I had to pipe up and be like, there's other people here that you could also not quite claim that about. <laughs> I it's had a, a good time. Uh, today was the Vancouver Dyke March, and I mm-hmm. set up a booth for my work because um, mm-hmm. I work for a local politician. Politics. As I have intimated before, and so I got to tweet out a picture of me in a crop top with a sticker that says, I'm on team by. In front of a picture of my boss's face, which was, like, very cool. That's a fun moment. Right? Like, that, that feels good as, like, a Canadian in politics to be, like, we actually are super into, like, trans people's rights. Like, my boss told me, like, I need you to go buy a trans flag that we can not, so good. not just print one out for this event. Like, I need you to buy one that we can keep in the office. That's so awesome. You have a budget of $100. Get a big one. That's a big fucking like, trans flag. I fucking will. 100%. And so I did. And now we're flying it, like, proudly in the office. Pow. That's so wonderful. Good. So good. That's so freaking good. Um, and I... That makes me think, like, uh, how realize I realize that how lucky I am to have the job that I have as well, mm-hmm. where I like have a boss who knows almost everything that is necessary to know about me. Um, and my coworker, uh, the one that we're on the same kind of level, we're both bisexual, and so we've talked a lot about dating both women and men. And my boss is always kind of like, oh, well, that's weird, but great. Like, good, do your thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's just like, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And that's such a fun thing for us because it's like my, my colleague and I are just, um, we don't really think about it much. And I think that we were very, lu- it's quite a luxury that in this generation that we don't really have to hoist that flag too much mm-hmm. until we get to the point where people are like, 
looking at bisexual characters in like television and film mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and they they're being misrepresented. And all I like that, that tweet about like. Let's start a new rumor that bisexuals are obsessed with soup or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like the, I, thought, I think I saw that on Tumblr and I was like, actually, I love soup. Yeah. I, I love to make soup. I don't care for soup, but I make a good soup. I guess that's something. <laughs> that is something that you, the, the ability to make soup is, in, in, is integral to your bisexuality or something. I don't know. It's just I like, wish... but it's like, it's not a salacious thing that we have lots of sex and we just do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's like a stuff. misnomer. Like... It's it Mara Wilson, actually, who was yes. talking about that. How, like, because she recently came out, she's a child actor who is now an author um, and she was in Mrs. Doubtfire and she was Matilda Mm -hmm. in the eponymous film Matilda Uh, and I love her and she recently came out as bisexual and she's like I really wish that there was anything that I could do about being bi that didn't have to do with like I want to fuck everybody Mm because that's not how either of us feel about well I mean it's sometimes how we feel Mm. about things but from time to time (laughs) but it's just like there's nothing it has sexual right in the title you can't say that you're gay or straight like you're like bisexual so it always ends up like just putting into people's brains like we're fucking yeah in like a pile yeah oh well I mean that is how we generally do it Mm. At least in my experience, it's just a a big old flesh pile. Your parents listen to this. (laughs) They'll be fine. They know that this is for comedy. (laughs) It's fine. I'm not having sex in a flesh pile. I'm very uptight because you ruined me. (laughs) It's not true. They were actually really cool about sex and they never fucked me up about that. Oh, that's so good. Just put that out. John and Brenda did not fuck me up about sex. They were real cool about it. But uh, I remember like when I was first really realizing that I was bi, it was very much like, but I don't want to be one of those bad bisexuals that could never like be monogamous and they always want to have a male and a female partner. And I was like, but I I do. Like, I really would like to have a big collective of people that I just get to be lovers with all the time. Lovers in a dangerous time. Yeah. And so, but does that, like, then I'm not like a good bisexual because I'm one of the deviant ones and it's like well no like in my life now it's like I've been in a monogamous relationship with a man for nine years wow long time long comps shit's good life is good life's good I've had some cool experiences I've done some cool shit do what you want do what you gotta do and yeah everything is fine everything's good everything's great it is I just I'm feeling shy because now I just said that I wouldn't talk about our relationship on the podcast you still didn't really you just said that you've been together for like nine years and that's fine uh and I I love your partner very much I think he's a wonderful person yeah he's fucking amazing big fan big fan uh last week's past guest Calvin Arsenia saw how how my partner and I interacted and he was just like wow he's like such an alpha male and he just like fixes shit and gets shit done I'm just like I know isn't it awesome That's so funny. I never really th- I don't really think of him that way but I do think of him as a handy fella Yeah well he builds guitars and things with his hands does things with his hands living. which is really cool because I don't know anybody else who really does that Not Everybody I know has like a PhD or an MA or yeah. whatever we're, we're all pieces of shit who are going to die in the apocalypse Pretty good So it's everyone fine. come to my house because we have provisions and he can There's shoot a, bow, a and arrow. bow and arrow so good can fish all that kind of stuff and like that's some, that's that's some Yeah I, like, so I, Calvin Calvin was talking about like I would like to find a partner who's like incredibly competent and I can just be like musical and I'm like you can be both of those things I'm like Calvin talk to me for a second <laughs> <laughs> I can do at all. You would. I, he's gorgeous. Sorry, <laughs> let me just put that out there. Oh, yeah. I was just like, <sighs> the whole time we were recording that episode, because he's a beautiful, beautiful creature with a gorgeous voice. Why and... do you think when he was like, and then when we hung out in Edinburgh, it seemed like we hung out for years, but it was only four months. I'm like, because we spent every day together, because you're beautiful and so fun. 
great. What a delightful creature. Yeah, so I, good. I hope to meet him again. That was someday. a that was a nice um, I guess to catch us up again. Mm-hmm. We played a bunch of shows, so we did the recording the day that he got in town, and then we played a show on the Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Which turned into a Saturday afternoon rehearsal at a garden party. Fun. Yeah, with uh, our accordion player's parents through a garden party, and we like hung out in their garden and played for like two and a half hours. Nice. That's awesome. And then the gig that we were supposed to do that night was supposed to be an hour set, and it wound up being a half an hour because all the shit got pushed sure. back, and it wasn't Happens. very good, but then we met some cool people. Mm-hmm. And then we played the Sunday show, which I thought was going to be much more packed, and there was literally four people that came. <laughs> but it was the best people, because it was, like, Pascus, Allison, best friend Mark, like, and my roommate John, and then the guy that ran the space. <laughs> Wow. So it was four performers and four audience members that showed up. That's a little rough, but it can also be fun if you know the people. But the guy, Rob, that runs the space that we did the show in had the best sound, and so we recorded the whole thing. So I'm hopefully going to release that as a bonus episode. Instead of the one that we recorded in here. We'll see what happens. I need to do some reviewing on the audio. Um, But it was, like, really beautiful, and I got to just basically meet these cool Scottish women. That's awesome. And... Like, what a fun week. And then the next day, I was like, I have to work today. So then Calvin just, like, wandered on Commercial Drive. Nice. And he is just such an open soul that he met these amazing people. Of course. He went to Miscellany, which is the uh, thrift store on the drive, looking for bolo ties and brooches that he could wear while he performs. And he met the women there, and they were like, we love you. Marry us. And then he sang to them in the shop. Of course. Because they were like, what are you doing in Vancouver? He said, oh, I'm a musician. They said, what do you play? He said, I play harp and I sing. And they said, sing for us. And he just did. Of course he did. And he made them cry. And they said, we're all going to be on Spanish Banks tonight. Please come. And so then we all did that. And they live streamed it on Facebook. What day was that? Monday night. Wow. Was that the best one that you did? Yeah, it was so good. They just lit a hundred candles around us on a picnic table. Oh, how wonderful was that? We played a concert and it was all these beautiful women. How many people were there? Maybe seventeen, and then That's we a specific then number. we attracted more people, and they live streamed it so people in Costa Rica and Los Angeles were watching at the like same on time Twitch or something or like Facebook Facebook Live? Live. That's so cool. And so then suddenly these people were like, Calvin needs to come to Costa Rica. I'm sure uh, he'll do it. He has a home to be in. Like he can stay with us for That's as long lovely. as he wants. So like he's like, what a dream! I'm he gonna is. do that. What a sweet little angel boy. And he just he made all these amazing connections. I'm like, I remember being able to do that and it just made me feel like a piece of my soul like sparked back up again like remember remember that you have that power too all you have to do is just be open to shit ugh it's so tiring, oh, so though. Good. It's so good. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. He was so because oh. I never met him before we sat down for the recording, basically, yeah. and I was just like crushing the whole time. Mm, obviously, because he's, he's beautiful. Wonderful. He's beautiful. He has a beautiful voice, and he's just a warm person. He touches you while you're talking in a way that is not creepy, and it's very hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to be his natural inclination is just like reach out and recognize you as a person and address you as a person, and you feel very human, which is like oh, I don't get that usually. Yep. Usually I have to be the one doing the work. Yeah. And so to have someone else do the work at me is so exciting. It's like, you care enough to be putting effort into how other people perceive you. And then I get to take a break for one fucking second. And that's so awesome. I just loved it. I just thought it was so wonderful. Interesting. He's such a sweetie pie. That, uh, that makes me think about, like, I loved having him here and it was amazing. And then I'm also very happy to have the house to myself yeah, well, for the week. Because having a house guest as much as you fucking adore them. And yeah. he's also a very capable, competent oh, yeah. person that I was like, 
do whatever you want. And he's like, mm-hmm. I will just be back here at some time. Yep. But at the same time, you know, someone sleeping in the your living room on the presence of someone couch, in your home. Like, it was just a different changes thing. Changes the feeling of everything. And now we have another uh, house guest this week who is like my longtime, most dirtbaggiest friend that I was in a band with for forever. He's the one that introduced me to Ed. Oh, it's Ferdy Bellin. Ferdy Bellin. Oh, the illustrious We have Ferdie a dirtbag house guest. I'm like, who is it? And I was like, oh, the person that you saw today that you already know, Katie, he's Ferdy. Yeah. Who I adore. I think he's yeah, great. Yeah, and I have said that to him. I'm like, Ferdy, you're my dirtbaggiest friend. He's like, thank you. Thank you. Like, he well, I saw him. Incredible. I haven't seen him in like probably close to three years. He moved out of town. Yeah. About that time. And I don't yeah. think I've seen him since. And I was like, God damn, you haven't changed at all. You yeah. look exactly the same. He's, he looks fresh faced. So he's, he's living in Cranbrook he's now. He's gorgeous. He's having like amazing times in Cranbrook. Yeah. He's a carpenter. His wife runs a bookstore. Perfect. They both like co-produce shows together perfect. at the bookstore as a perfect, venue. perfect, perfect. Um, it's wonderful. I missed him a lot because I actually realized that I missed having a friend that I could just be like, fuck you. Your taste in beer is terrible. You're the worst. I hate you. You're such a dirtbag. And I he's lo- like, yes, I love you. Yeah. And he's just like, yay. <laughs> it's like really it was, fun. It was like, really nice to see him. Yeah. It really was nice to see Ferdy. Right yeah. now he's at Biff Naked's wedding. Of that's course. A, that's a Canadian. He's like friends with her, her new husband. That's I a guess. Canadian thing that someone can look that up. We'll post a picture of her. I'm going to put right Didn't that down. Didn't Biff Naked do something on the Buffy soundtrack? We are the lucky ones, ones, dear. I saw her. I made out with her bass player um, a long time ago. I want to say that was twenty. That was 10 years ago, probably. Uh, it was after I got dumped in Australia and I came mm-hmm. back here. And my sweet, gorgeous, amazing friend Marquetta, who also had an ex-boyfriend from the same band. Oh, yes. Um, took me up to Whistler for like four days to like stay in her uncle's cabin or whatever. And then we went and saw Biff Naked in Whistler and I made out with her bass player for like four hours. It was so good. It was what I needed at the time. He was super hot Mm -hmm. and it was just such a cool experience. And I'm just like, shout out to Marquetta. She's not listening to this. I don't care. Like I'll just let her know. I remember loving her so much. She was really, she's a really lovely lady and, uh, she's pregnant. It's great. She's uh, her with her I partner, her fiance Tom, and now they live in my neighborhood with their dog, and they're gonna have a baby. Oh. And I'm like, I'm gonna hug this baby so much. I'm just like Marquetta fucking saved my life. Like, let's just put that out there. She like saved my life in 2006. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I probably would Brilliant. have survived regardless. Yes. But I would have been a much unhappier person if somebody hadn't been like looking out for me and making sure I was okay because all of my friends did not want to hang out with me because I was too sad. What did I do at that time? Well, we were we were having a bit of a yeah, uh, like we had a, not some a distance, like a little bit of distance. It mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't bad. It wasn't like we didn't like each other. It was just like I was a real sad sack for a while, and that was just not what people wanted mm-hmm. to be around. And I think I got at the same that. time I had moved in with my previous partner, like right at that time, yeah. and it was not good. It was not a good time. No, no. no. <laughs> so no, no, no. yeah, stuff yeah. was happening. Things were happening. Things happen, and that's just what goes on sometimes. But we and... were talking about the. Like beauty of having a long term relationship, which you and I have. Yeah. Where you go through those ebbs and flows. You're nine years and I'm almost eight years. Oh no, but just you and I together. Oh, you and I. 13 years. Yeah, like 13 solid years of our partner, Our partnerships with our current partners have been. A long time. Yeah, nine and eight years, which is like. For our age, quite a long time. Holy fuck. Like, we're apparently relationship people. I guess. And, uh, (laughs) but the ebbs and flows of that is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And that you and I have even had, like, our down times and our slow times. And it's... We have. You know, some years of not... I want to say, like, 18 to 20 were super intense. And then again, like, 20 to about 22 Mm -hmm. was kind of like... We would see each other 
three times a year, maybe, mm-hmm. which was like, I lived in Delta and you lived in like way, way, way close to UBC. Yeah. So it was like really hard to come out, mm-hmm. but we still made it happen sometimes. Yep. And then after that all happened, and once I moved back to East Van, I saw you all the time, mm-hmm. which is how I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> once I was over the river and through the woods, you know, mm. out of North Delta and into New West or And now you're I'm on the SkyTrain line and I can just come. We're very whenever. close by and I got that spare room you can come but and have the, a sleepover but, in. But the ebb and flows of stuff to actually maintain those connections as opposed to just my instinct of like let it go shut it down it's we don't done. Want to see anybody ever and it's like people listening to this that know me in life might be very surprised because it's like you are in contact with me all the time though and I'm like so I don't mean to feel like I have burned bridges with anybody so I'm like quite happy but like there are people that you know that I don't talk to anyone. Yeah, I mean, well, things just sort of taper off Mm -hmm. naturally. But there are lots of people that I just want to see that I don't see. And so that's why you hear from me and I invite you to things. Mm -hmm. And we, when we see each other, it's lovely. Yeah. But maybe I don't make the effort or you don't make the effort. It has to kind of go both ways. And... Were we talking about that off mic then? It was like the, the, the <laughs> about like inviting people to stuff or were we talking about that during the podcast? Did. Yeah, I think we did that here. Well, it's just like the whole, the whole idea of like do what you need to do, but mm-hmm. if you want to come, you will always be welcome. Yeah. So I think the majority of my friends are like that where it's like I am going to do some cool shit and I want you to come. There are specific I won't things be that I will. If you don't. Yeah, but there are specific things that I'll write you and tell you like this is an important one. Yeah, and that's I'll send an email and I'll be like, hello, a tiny email. Hello, please come to this thing. It would be very important to me if you did. Yeah, um, or I'll send a Facebook invite. Ooh. Or I'll just tweet about it. Or <sighs> I'll just do whatever. But then like, there's there's really nobody that I've like cut 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 out. I'm not that kind of person. But at the same time, there are a few. And they know because I've told them. I'm very clear. Yeah. And so if I haven't... This is one... Okay, this is the thing that I'm trying to come to. Quite a good gesture you just made. If you I... Made a, you made a rectangle with your hands. Like, I literally will tell you, I don't think that we should talk anymore, or I don't yeah. want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Otherwise, please know that I want to see you. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. And I'm going through some shit on my own end. Yeah. Or I'm doing something different or whatever, but I'll invite you to things and maybe we'll see each other. And when I see you, I'm really happy to see you. But, like, if I don't want to see you, like, you will fucking know. Yeah. Because I will tell you. And I, I don't feel bad about that because I feel like if you've gotten to the point where I say, like, I don't want to see you. It's been some serious shit. There's been some serious shit and there's, like, incidents that I can point to. Yeah. It's like a three-strike rule where I can be like, this happened and this happened and then that happened. Like, never come to my house again. Please. <laughs> Which I've said is that, to someone. Is yes. that a person that we're, we've yes. both talked about this yes. week? It's not anybody who listens to this. No, but, maybe. But that was such a fucking funny interaction. I got. We won't go into it, but I was just like, I'm just confirming. Is it the person we're thinking of? It is. Great. Straight up, this person told me, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. You can either not be friends with this person or not be friends with me. And I was like, oh, I pick you 100%. I don't want to be friends. Like, I pick him, rather. Wait. I said that weird. Yeah, you said it wrong. Mmm, shit. Like, oh, I picked them. Yeah, I picked them. I picked them. Your ultimatum sucks. Fuck off and never talk to me again. Yeah, fuck off and never talk to me again. If you you want to pull that, you know... This is not a subtle thing. You've been direct. Yeah, either you pick them or me. Yeah. And I was like, them. Them. And and he was like, you didn't even hesitate. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because... It was, there was no need. There was no need. There's no need, there's none. Like, you and I are very tepid in general. Yeah. And so if you want me to cut this person that I'm very close to out of my life, or you, 
Yeah. Like, I fucking pick you. <laughs> you should own Bye. two copies of the game. Shush. <laughs> shush, Katie, shush. That's all I was going to oh, say. Oh, God. That's so funny. Anyway. But I, so... think that's, I think that's good to be able to have that boundary with people. And so that, so that the people who are kind of, like, not certain of how they are in your life. And I know that there's always going to be people like that, right? Because mm-hmm. we have complex relationships with people. Yeah. People put their own things on things. And they think, like, well, does this person maybe not like me? It's nice to know that with you, they'll know directly. Yes. So it's it's like, like, if you think, if you think, let me just be, let me just be, let me be clear for a moment, (laughs) um, is that if you think Chris doesn't like you, but she has not said it, she does, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Basically, she'll, she'll fucking tell you if she doesn't like you. Yeah. With me, it's a little bit different. Like, I'll be extraordinarily distant. I'll never talk to you if I don't like you, but I might not say it directly. Mm -hmm. But if I talk to you, like, on even a semi-regular basis, chances are I love you to death. Mm -hmm. There's a very small population of people that I don't like. Yeah. And you're probably not on it if you're listening to this. Yeah. So, like, I ran to a friend on the SkyTrain who has been sending me messages and I just haven't been getting back to her. So, Sarah, hi. And she was just like, what's, what's up? And I was like, I've been dark. I've been in a dark place. Like, I, I have been. And I perform, you know, on the podcast and everything. And it's like, shit's been hard. And I don't want to really hang out and talk to anybody. Yeah. And she was like, cool. And she said to me, which is why I do actually, like, love having her as a friend. Mm-hmm. She was like, I didn't assume that you were mad at me. I knew that you had other stuff going on. I was like, bless you. <laughs> bless you. It's so good to hear that. Just give yeah. Me like, give me like a couple milliliters of that just to freshen up my... Yeah. <laughs> what are we at with this one? 117. Oh, we're getting close to the end there. <laughs> well, I just want to like pull up a couple last little things. Like what we're doing right now is what we're... What are we doing? We're trying to cover our asses because um, A, everyone's away. Pretty much, it's been very hard to pin down people who have talked about wanting to be guests because they're camping or they're cottaging or whatever. Well, or I want to be going fucking camping. Well, that's the thing, and I'm going to be away from the fourth to the fourteenth, which means like a full week and a bit where we can't record unless we do Skype, and we don't do that shit because we're not demons. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I just really don't like Skype. Um, so we're trying to like we're going to do two back to back with just the two of us, just so that we've got enough in the can, so that we've got stuff to put out while I'm away. Oh God. And that's what's happening. So we're having a bit of a, sh- like, we're having a total shit heel day and it's totally fine. Um, but one of the things we were talking about while oh, we were yes. at the, um, we were at the Slow Can Family Diner, which is a favorite of, of the podcast. Um, a couple things we haven't touched on yet. Uh, we've already talked about, we talked about our killing with kindness, participating in the scene, like mm-hmm. just learning to love people that maybe were not nice off the bat, like mm-hmm. just working with things. Just, just fucking get over it and... Just fucking doing yeah. it. And like uh, we talked about having house guests, no matter how much you love them, it's stressful to have them. Oh, and also one of the things that I hate the fucking most... Okay. Is a warm toilet seat. Okay, this is just totally contextless. Just kind of <laughs> came out at me. You don't like sitting down on a toilet someone just vacated after sitting on for a long time. Yes. You're like, you can feel the ghost of a shit when you sit on a warm toilet seat. Yes, because they've obviously been there for a long time. So they had to work out some shit. Long tomps. Literally work out some shit. Oh, dear. I did say that. You I'm did. so sorry. Um, but because right now I have not only myself, my partner, my roommate, and then the my partner's best friend who's also his business partner who also works in our home mm-hmm. plus a house guest and then a small one break and then another house guest one bathroom when <laughs> when the scottish girls that we played the show were visiting i was like i need to take a shower so i'm going to take a shower and they were like oh where's your other bathroom i was like oh oh girls i'm so sorry we like, don't have that so if you need to go go now i'll be fast like but go now 
And that's like a, a thing that we have in our house where like my roommate will come into the living room. Announce. My partner shower. and I will both have our headphones in. He just does a motion now where he puts his arm I'm over showering. His, he puts his arm over his head as if it's the shower head. And he, does he wiggle his fingies? And he scrubs his armpit. So it looks like he's making like, I'm a monkey. I'm a sexy little monkey. But that's like, I am going to take a shower. And he literally like wiggles his hips and stuff. And it's Sweet actually baby so John. funny. It's so funny. And it, you laugh so hard it makes you have to pee even if you didn't. I always take the opportunity. As yeah. soon as he says, I need to take a shower. Does anyone need to use the washroom before? I'm like, yes. In the time that it takes you to put on, like take off all your clothes and put on a towel, I will be peed and happy. And I won't have to delighted. worry about it. Because otherwise I will be bitter and angry. <laughs> just holding your whiz. Yeah. Pissing in your backyard. I'm not going to pee in the backyard. I will pee in the woods whenever, but not my own backyard. Not your own backyard where people at Starbucks can just watch you. <laughs> We're very visible. Super vis. You did just, like, give away the location of our secret lair. Yeah. Oh, you're right by a Starbucks. <laughs> in Vancouver. In Vancouver. <laughs> Fucking narrows it right down. <laughs> Never mind. You're fine. I'm a fucking asshole. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, which one could it be? <laughs> Is it the one that's three blocks down from the other one, or the one across? What across the street from, the street from, the from this exact one? It's all fine. Oh, um, Jesus so, so we're talking. Christ we wanted to, Saints. We wanted to get into like just some saltiness, but we were kind of like in a good mood, so it's hard to, yeah. hard to access that. But we were like talking about our pet peeves. So many of mine are bathroom related, mm-hmm. um, and. I've, I, I don't, have I talked about this on the podcast before? It's just like, cause I work at a university and our nearest bathroom is a three stall public bathroom. And I feel like no one should shit in it because it's a very well used location. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's like, you just pee in there. You go in, you pee and you get out. But there are a few people who work in like certain offices who will just go in for like nine, 10, 15 minutes at a time and just take the grossest shits, loudest fucking. Like Ali Wong comedy special. Like Ali Wong's. Ass blasting. Yeah, ass blasting, baby cobra. Disgusting. Disgusting public shit. Like I can hear them in my office shitting is how loud they're shitting. That's. Horrific. It's I didn't realize you could hear it in your office. Well, it's really, there's some people who have IBS, I think, who are coming in and using oh, it. I'm like, this is such then a I major. I feel bad about them as well, soon as I, you put it in context. See, I feel for them, <laughs> but I'm also like, these are very high traffic locations in this area of the university. Like, a lot of people who are like visiting their profs, the people who are taking tutorials around here, they come in here to pee. And you're just like, like, you're just camping in there and shitting for 20 minutes. I'm like, no. No. I go. <laughs> I have a very specific bathroom. I, if I have to don't, poop at work. Don't tell. I won't tell you. I won't tell anyone where it is. But I will say that it is very far out of it's the main thoroughfare. It's behind the Terry Fox statue at SMU. So no, I have to like lift up the statue and crawl down into the secret toilet. No, it's... Um, it's somewhere between the second and third floor and no one knows where it is if I don't tell them. And it's a single stall women's washroom oh and that's God. where I shit if I have to. God forbid I have to. I, uh, I go to work late just so I can poo at home, honestly, because I just, like, it's just one of those things that I just don't want to share with other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I get down there and I see someone else is in there, I'm furious. <laughs> My anger knows no bounds, and it's always the same person. She's a teacher. And <laughs> I used to work with her. You guys both probably have the secret thing. We both need to shoot it at the same time of day. It's like oh. 10.30. We're ready to go. <laughs> and I'm like... Bitch, she got there first. I hate her forever. Yeah. And she probably feels the same way about I'm you. I'm sure she does. I think we both have like this secret like shit nod. No, it's like we don't, we're not happy about this, but we're doing it anyway. It's fine. It's okay. Um, so like that's bathroom stuff and the people who piss on seats and don't oh, clean God. it up. People who hover and don't wipe up their own pee, pee splatter. N- execution. 
as far as I'm concerned. Like, I want to cut their heads off myself. <laughs> I'm only half joking when I say this. Like, it makes me so... The lack I feel of, so serious, like, that you're being so serious that I actually feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like, Katie, please don't murder people. I, my, I guess my thing is just, like, anything where I think somebody is not showing consideration to other people needing to use the same space that they use makes me very angry. Yes. How about people that, if you look in the toilet... And you see that there's still business in there and you don't give a next flush. You're a dick. You're a dick. You're a Zach. So I... If I can't sit down on the toilet seat because you've pissed all over it because you're a precious flower and you needed to not put your ass on the toilet seat, mm. I hate you forever. Like, how did they spray both sides at once? That's a talent. What is with their fucking urethra? Like, it's <laughs> it's goddamn super powered. I don't know what's going on there, but like, just wipe it up. Yeah. Just don't make it so I have to sit in it. Yeah. Or also hover because I can't. I just don't I physically understand. Like, can't do it. I always just look behind me after I go. Wouldn't you check out your handiwork? Like, wouldn't you just check out to see if there's any trace of you left? Because I want to feel like a ghost in there. I want. I don't want to feel like to be a bathroom a, ghost. Yeah, in a bathroom, I don't want anyone to know that I've ever been there. And here's. I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna take the contact point with the note that I had to put put on a note card while we were out having our lunch, which was that we don't want to be regulars anywhere. And this is something that I've never experienced talking to anybody else, which is the fact that I feel very uncomfortable when a server at a restaurant knows me, because mm-hmm. I don't want them to think that they know what I want yes. or what my life is about. Oh, I want it to be this like transitory experience every time. Yeah, we're here. Our neutral interaction, like I was saying, is like a harm reduction client. Yeah. I kind of want that same similarity where it's like, this is the first time I've seen you, and so everything is fine. And I don't want them to necessarily reference, oh, you're getting the Huevos Rancheros again. That's what you love That's your now. thing. You love it. It's like, it's not my fucking thing. My, my name is Carla, and I know that you like that. Like, my, fuck off, Carla. You don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know about my life. But I feel bad because I feel like servers want to build relationships with me. Bitch, I'm going to give you 20% either way. <sighs> Bring me my eggs and we're fine. I just, I don't know what it is that, like, my reluctance. And I, what it is is, like, I feel like I feel like I'm being judged. Yeah. Because yeah. often it's, whenever I go out, like, when I'm cooking at home, I'm cooking, like, my quinoa kale bowl. And when I go out, I'm getting my fucking sausage and eggs. And then when people are like, oh, another sausage and eggs, I'm like, fuck you, don't judge me. You don't want to make it home. I make, like, a big quinoa salad most weeks. Yeah. It's like, they don't know. They don't know. I don't think that they're doing that. Like, hey, fat tits, you want some more sausage? But it feels like they are. (laughs) But it isn't. Nobody cares. Like, I go to the liquor store every day. Like, hey, booze hound, what's up? Yeah, and, like, that people... (laughs) I'll say this oh, on the, the podcast. The liquor store at the key is always like, hey, what are you getting this week? I'm like, I literally come here once every two weeks. Like, yeah. I'm, fuck you. Yeah. It just, it feels like a judgment when maybe it isn't. So this is maybe what people feel like when maybe someone's we're proje- like, I'm maybe a vi- we're the ones projecting. I think we fucking are, 100%. When people say like, oh, I'm a vegetarian and someone is like, but you don't even eat bacon, I feel like you're judging me. That's what I feel like when my amazing, like, there's my... See, I even have ownership. Your liquor store? Amazing people at the liquor store near my place are like, oh, you like that one, hey? Like, you changed your signature wine. Like, fuck it, you don't know shit about this. Yeah, I'm like, maybe I'll get vodka sometime. And it's like, you never will. You'll get wine. You'll get wine every day. I'm never never gonna buy rum. I'm never gonna buy... 
I can't think of anything else that I would never buy other than rum. But like, <laughs> but when they're just like, "Oh, you're getting that again," I guess you must really like that. I'm like, don't, don't comment don't keep, on it. Go, don't keep track. Just ask me how I'm doing. But then at the same time, they like know my name. They know my number for my points. Like I don't even have to say anything, and I kind of love it. But at the same time, I feel judged. You're like, how much of an alcoholic am I that well, they know my points well, number? Well, but this is the thing: is like I feel ashamed, honestly. Sure. So as much as I'm shame Teflon, like, I'm still going to keep doing it. It's not going to prevent me from doing it, but I just feel kind of bad at the same time where they, like, are like, oh, yeah, I totally know your points number. I don't even have to ask. You fucking liquor hound. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, ugh, this should make me feel good to be, like, seen and recognized, but it's for a vice that I'm not so No, I hear that. I totally hear that. So that's the same as, like, the Greasy Spoon Diner or the fucking coffee shop. Or how about about my weed dealer who told me that I looked stunning one day? I was like, I don't know what to do with that, Danny. Like, I really don't. I truly, like... I appreciate the compliment, but I don't trust your judgment because you're high on your own supply. (laughs) And, like... You know what you know what I think is the best snack when I'm stoned is a Pillsbury pizza pop. So it's like I don't trust your judgment while you're high mm-hmm. on how good I look. I yeah. looked so good that day though. Yeah. So I bet he was you right. Did. He was right. God I bet bless you, did. you, Danny. But like even the the Starbucks near my house where I'll walk in and if they go Do you want the reduced fat turkey egg white sandwich? I'm like, you don't know me. Maybe I want full fat fucking bacon croissant sandwich. Give me a today. stick of butter and uh just cream in a cup. Yeah. Please. Thank you. Like, my partner literally has a drink named after him at the coffee shop that's not the Starbucks near our house. We won't say what that is because that will give away your yes, location. Yes, that will triangulate the shit out of shit. Uh, but he's very proud of it. And he's like, I he's a Taurus. And, <laughs> and he's very like, I know my shit. I've lived here for 20 years. In Vancouver, that is... Like That's like 80 years in Vancouver time. Like, I don't understand how he has existed, but he mm-hmm. just has, and he's just... Somehow? He's just kept doing it. Yep. Like, so stubbornly, like, no one can fucking get him to fucking do, like, anything that he doesn't want to do, and it's totally. so... I admire it. I admire it so much. Yeah. And I've picked up a lot of that from him. He's a good influence in a lot of ways. He's, we're like, we're not going to talk about him. And then we do, because he's great. Because he's awesome. He's a dear. He's a good influence. He's super sweet. I'm totally going to give him a back rub after this. <laughs> Throw his shoulder, standing guitars. Yeah, he's like super. Oh, he's so good. He's a sweet little baby. Well, we should probably oh, wrap this Jesus this episode Christ, up because we've got to do a whole another one. What yes, do you want to talk but about? But I just wanted to say that he has a regular drink. Yeah, and it's not even anything special. It's just that it's just specific. He wants an americano with less water. He's like the way that you make it normally is too much water. So I want, and he drew lines on a cup. And he's like, I want this much espresso. Espresso. I know, I said that, but I hate that. You caught yourself. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I want this much espresso, and then I want the equal amount of water. I don't want you to fill it up. I just want you to make it equal. Can you please do that for me? And now that has become a name for a drink <laughs> at this coffee shop. <laughs> I want it, honestly. Want what water. I've, what it's I've heard, it's the best fucking coffee. Good. I like a creamy coffee. It's the best fucking coffee. It's a good time. It's a good time. And I think, I, okay, so, so but I, he, he loves being a regular, but I fucking hate it. So I when, like I, when I walk in and a barista at that particular coffee shop is like, oh, you're Mrs. Bond and you want a Bond. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm like, I want an iced Americano with all the water. <laughs> I'm gonna the opposite of that. Give me a skinny skinny cinnamon dolce latte. That's a Starbucks drink. I don't care. Don't tell me what I want. Yeah. 
I'm the boss. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, get it. So I hear that. I don't like to be, I don't like to be monitored mm-hmm. by people. I don't want people, I feel like people are keeping tabs on me. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way when I'm a regular somewhere, which is totally, like, not true. I know. And people all, are just happy to see you And the all the part. people, because I was on the other side of that, where I would work at a coffee shop in Point Grey, and the same people would come in at 7 a.m. every day, because they yep. were on their way to work. And people loved it when I had their drink almost ready for them. Yeah. They'd be like, you know what I like? Thank you so much. It's weird that we can do that for people and know that we don't like it ourselves. Isn't that so weird? How, why are and we I, like this? I never checked in with anyone, but they all seemed delighted. Yeah. But I would hate it. I, I hate it so much. I hate being a regular so much. I hate it too. Does and anyone, I'm so vindicated. Does anyone relate to this at all? Because I feel like this is a very rare thing and it, when you said it, I was like, Yes, I've exactly. never heard anyone say that. Exactly. Like, I stopped. There's, because I live in New West and there's like a big restaurant at the SkyTrain station. I go to the hub fairly frequently because they have a lot of turnover in their staff. Mm-hmm. But at, at Hops, which is also at the same area, they know me by name and they talk to me and I'm like, I don't want this. And I know that that's a thing that's cultivated and it's meant to be really good, but I don't like it because I just feel like people are monitoring what I'm up to and if anything changes, they're going to quiz me on it. Mm. I don't like that, but I, that's this to be projecting, I think. I know. So I feel like it is a projecting thing where yeah. it's like, are you judging me for giving you money? No, like, they're so happy you're here and yeah, not being an asshole Nobody to them. fucking cares. They're probably happy that they have someone that they can talk to as more of a real person as yeah. opposed to a customer. I suspect that's probably true. So, I don't know why we're like this. Why are we like we're this? We're just, why am I like this? I just feel so judged every time that I go into something and it's like, oh, you're getting your regular, your usual. And I'm like, fuck you. Just you get the same thing because you're a chicken shit and you don't want to try yeah, something new? You don't know me. <laughs> Nobody knows me. But yet, I always do get the same thing at the stuff and if someone remembers, like, I should feel happy that they're considering You should feel me. however the fuck you want to feel, Chris. <laughs> Let me just put that out there right now that you don't have to like this. But you know what I really love? What do you love? Uh, I have a few different staff at different places that I go mm-hmm. who I feel like I'm genuinely friends with. And lunch through work or what? It's from the railway club days. I miss honestly, the railway club because I so used to, much. Because I used to go there and just, I would be there till four in the morning. They would let me stay after closing and just, just feed me food and it till drive till me home. Like, they drove you home? Yeah. Oh my god, I was like, you just wait till like transit's working again. No. Much. I got, like, I was so tight with some of these guys that they would drive me home. That's <laughs> like, amazing. And it was the safest and the sweetest, and to feel like a regular at those places felt so good. A bar like, is different than food for some reason. But I like having I access. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. At I, railway, like having, I, I like having access to, like, a special place. I always kind of felt that at the railway I, as a musician mm-hmm. at the time because I haven't been in a few years. And mm-hmm. the last time I was there regularly well, was, as a, as a, was as a musician and, like, going through the door to Narnia, basically, because mm-hmm. they had this tiny little squat door, and that's where bands would hide all their gear. Yeah. And you'd go through there, and then you get to the back patio mm-hmm. where you could go out and have a smoke or have which, whatever. That closed, like, five years ago. I was so which is, sad. But it was such a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was, like, that was still very active when I was still there. So. Yes. To have so the just access, missed out. but I feel like I think it's when commerce is involved. I'm suddenly starting to yeah twig that. Even though I spend money at a bar, it's about the relationships. Whereas if I'm at a store, it's not like I can hang out with you for an hour in your store. Oh, that's so funny. That would be so I was annoying. actually at the Starbucks in my neighborhood, and, a, so and a woman and a woman I just approached. Realized that a woman approached me. And she's like, "Well, how are you doing?" And stuff, and I recognized her totally. And I'm just like, I don't know where I know her from. She's like, "Well, I worked at I work at." Like, I own uh, brick and mortar, like the little Halo. 
You just took your boobs out. I know. Um, it's so hot. <laughs> uh, and and she, she just, oh, she co-owns that brick and mortar place across the street from my house. Mm-hmm. I should, probably shouldn't tell you exactly where that is, but come and stalk me. It's fine. If you have, if you have the presence of mind to come out to New West and like wait outside of my building, fine. Mm. Frankly, <laughs> fucking fine. Anyway, brick and mortar. So she owns this with this <laughs> other woman and they like share a dog and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, I saw her at the Starbucks and she's like, oh, how are you doing today? I'm like, why do I know you? She's like, I, I'm at brick and mortar. I'm like, oh, you're out of context. I don't know who you mm-hmm. are. Cause I'm a regular to you, but you're not, you're just like a person who's there, mm-hmm. which is, sounds mean. It's not meant to be. It's just, she's beautiful and she's super lovely. It's just kind of like, I don't know why I know you like out of this context where I mm-hmm. always see you. Did I, was I, did I take class with you or something? Like, were we in women's studies together? I don't know what's yeah. going on, but yeah, I always kind of feel bad because like I have very recognizable looks, quite frankly. I have a lot of tattoos. I have very bright red hair. It's easy to file away. Yeah. Whereas somebody who's got, like, shoulder-length brown hair and is 5'4 and is a pretty lady, like, get in line. There's a lot <laughs> of people who look just like you. <laughs> I don't know how to make the distinguishing, like... Yeah. I don't know how to do that. That's very interesting. I don't know how to make the distinguishing. Because I feel like when I recognize somebody that works at a retail place, I think it is, it's the retail versus the, like, hangout. Yeah. That, to me, now has become the distinction, like, just in this conversation. Like, sure. what is the difference? That's vital. I think that's important. Because if I if I go to, like, this one restaurant, and the same server is there, and it's like, hey, regular, I'm, I don't feel as judged about that, whereas if it's, like, a store that I'm frequenting, mm-hmm. because it's such a quick transaction, yeah. that we don't, like, we're actually, okay, so this is going back to, like, the trust pebbles. <laughs> trust pebbles in the trust bucket. So I think because in a restaurant or a bar, you're spending all night with them or whatever, just like chatting and whatever, it's an intimate time and maybe you're putting more trust pebbles in the bucket, whereas at the the liquor store, you're putting one in every day. Mm -hmm. So it's very slow. Mm -hmm. So maybe eventually I'll feel comfortable. I like the gal we met today though. She was great. She and I have decided to be best friends over the Simpsons. But I feel like we've put in enough pebbles in the bucket... That it's fine. ...with this person to be like, you're amazing. And it's fine. It's not, and I really, I really like you, and I feel like I kind of know something about you, because every split-second interaction that we have over, like, here's my purchase, here's my number... It's very positive. And here's, like, the quip that we're going to give... Yep over the last three years has now added up to something. So now I feel comfortable. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's what it is. It's just like a certain amount of like, do you like me beyond what you're able to predict about me? Do you see me as a human being rather than a collection of desires? Or an order. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So maybe... Maybe when the, the moment that you feel recognized as a person rather than as a collection of like, put this in me or I'm going to be super cranky. Mm Mm-hmm. So then I'm feeling now, because my initial reaction is to just run away from that, Mm -hmm. right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, someone recognizes, they're like, oh, you come in here like every day. You're like, I'm never coming back here. And and then I literally never go back there. If someone identifies me as, oh. You're a regular. Butter chicken wrap. I'm like, fuck. You now know me by You know how much I love carbs. Now I really want a butter chicken wrap. (laughs) Thanks. But like, why is that a bad thing? 
Why is it a bad why thing couldn't to be I just recognized have a butter chicken by the food right item that I really enjoy at your establishment? That is very exceptionally delicious. When I think back to, like, the times that I've worked <laughs> why in... Why is that bad? When I've worked in retail and had regular customers, I would say that the most regular customers I ever had was working at this organic market that only operated on Saturdays in Richmond. Mm-hmm. It's called Wild West Organic Harvest. If mm-hmm. anybody... I, I can't imagine anyone listening to this has any... Because I had, like, one regular who was just this sort of, like, hippie lady, and I saw her every week. Honest to God, she was a nut, and I loved her. Yes. I truly loved her. It was a treat every time she came in. She was always doing something fucking weird that I didn't understand. She's like, oh, I need glasses. I didn't get prescription lenses. I got these weird glasses that have, like, little holes in them that, like, drive your eyes into one particular way of looking (laughs) at things. I was like, okay, Cheryl, or whatever her name was. And I was just like, I thought she was nuts, but I fucking loved her. And every time she came in, it was a treat for me. And that's how I felt at Winners, too, when I worked there for two years. Mm -hmm. I would have the same people come in regularly. And there were people that I would dread... And I'm sure they knew it. Yeah. And there are people that I adored, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they knew it. Yes. And sometimes I miss working retail. I don't really miss working retail because the remuneration fucking sucks for the mm-hmm. amount of work you have to do. But the actual, like, on-level on work that you do with people face-to-face was something that I really enjoyed, and I wish that that was something that was paid better because I would, I'm good at it. Yeah. And I would do it more if that was a thing that was, like, that paid anywhere, even half as much as what I make now. Yeah. This is so funny. It's really turning around my, like... Desire to not be a regular somewhere. Now you're like, maybe I want to be one. Because I feel like I'm really, like, devaluing the humanity that the server is giving me. Isn't that funny? It. Like, we, t- we decide to interpret I it as judgment rather than th- them wanting to see you and, like, recognize you as a human being. So maybe we're assholes. I think we might be assholes. We might be assholes. Do we want to leave it on just being assholes? Because I had a piece so bad right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I think we might be assholes, and I think we're going to turn shit around. Yeah, let's just, like, improve ourselves let's, completely. Let's let ourselves be seen as... As participants in the social contract. Yeah, and, like, flawed humans who sometimes... who got to have some eggs and sausage. Yeah. And a side of toast. Fucking eggs. Ash brown over okay, easy. We're gonna Chili leave, in a bowl. <laughs> we're gonna leave the shit. Burgers and fries. What kind of guy? Alamo. Sorry, it's Tom Katie's doing amazing hand motions right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically T-bowing. Is I'm that a thing? T-bowing? No, yeah. I, I think I'm dabbing. I think I'm dabbing on that ass. I is think I'm doing. I think I'm doing bits from um, Nighthawks at the Diner oh, <laughs> from dear. Tom Waits. So we should probably leave it on that. I should um, pee, and then we'll record again. Yeah, we just we had a complete turnaround, which is what we were talking about in the podcast. Like, change my mind. Yeah, sometimes we're like we come in with a firm position, and by the time we're finished talking, we're like we suck, and we should be better. You know what? <laughs> so much cheaper than therapy. <laughs> Honestly, and I will keep paying for therapy, but this is a great, uh, a great tr- training wheel <laughs> for I it all. That, I hope that anyone likes this, though. I don't want to be a regular in your ears. <laughs> I do really want to be a regular. I do. In your ear. I love you. Hi, Meredith. I love, love you. you. <laughs> love you, Meredith. Love you. Okay, Aaron. bye. We'll see you next week. Bye.